I can't even believe it's already August and we still really don't have any kind of a solid plan for sending kids back to school. I mean, we knew this was coming, right? The calendar is the one predictable thing that we can still count on, right? But like everything else, how to deal with school has become a political issue. Some people insist that kids have to go back in person, no mask required, that's all. Others want it to be a choice, whether to provide an option of in-person, maybe online, maybe a little of both, an isolated environment in the school where kids can go to learn from a screen and parents can actually work. Others wouldn't dare even considering consider sending their kids back to the viral breeding ground that is a school building. So basically, school districts are scrambling, trying to figure something out. There's no nationwide plan. It's state by state, district by district, student by student. Everybody's just doing whatever they can to figure it out. I, I guess with a contingency plan of evacuating the school and sending everyone home is first uh, at the first time someone has an in-classroom sneeze event. With uncertainty comes opportunity, and having a prepared mindset is the kind of change that we could, the kind of change that we could see in education is unlike anything that, that we'll ever see, um, probably since the days of little one-room schoolhouses. So today on Dumb Money Live, we're going to explore which companies and stocks are going to be the real winners as students get ready to head back to homeschool. This is Dumb Money Live with Chris Camillo, Dave Hansen, and Jordan McLean. Streaming live on YouTube, we are Dumb Money. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there, Dave here along with Chris and Jordan. Welcome to Dumb Money Live. Tuesday, August 4th, 2020. We're a little off of our normal Monday, Thursday schedule. So today, it's more important than ever that everybody with us right now tap on the little like button. Smash it, destroy it, toggle it on and off a few times. Just make sure it ends up blue. Also, uh, say hi to us in the chat. I'm curious, actually, how many of our viewers are parents, even though this back-to-school topic is really something that affects everyone way beyond the stock market. Let us know in the chat where in the world you're watching us from, whether or not you're a parent, if you're a student, if you're both. Use the live chat if you're with us live. If, if you're watching the replay, go to the comments. If you're listening to our podcast, go over to youtube.com slash dumbmoney. That's where you can see the video version of this. So, Chris, Jordan, I feel like the three of us kind of solved all the world's problems uh, over drinks in Chris's front yards a couple nights ago, which, by the way, was amazing. Yeah, Dave, why don't, why don't you tell people why? Let's, let's just tell people why we didn't show up for our show yesterday because, you know, we're a transparent child. This is... Yeah. CNBC will not tell you this, uh, you know, when when they no show, we no show because we, we, Dave came over. That was the first. That was the first full dumb money social activity we've had since March. No, right? I think it's the first time a, the three of us have been at the same place at the same time since February. Like I, because I was in February. Mexico before wow. that, so it's been. Right. 
it's it's insane. So that was super fun. It was it was my birthday. It was Dave's birthday. Happy birthday! That's Happy why you birthday. need to like this episode right now for Dave for his birthday right now. I'm smashing. I'm giving a birthday thumbs up right now for you, Dave. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I didn't get home until like 1:30 in the morning, and I was wrecked yesterday. Yeah, wrecked. Well, uh, <laughs> Megan and I didn't uh, wander away from Chris's front yard until I think it was two. It was it was maybe even <laughs> it's maybe like 1:45 oh two. Dave, I'm sure your neighbors love us. Dave, hold up. No, 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 dude, dude, dude. I just realized something <laughs> that that I've got to find now. And now, I, please, I hope I have this. I better have this. I have. I took a picture. Where is that picture now? It's not like I'm going to have to reboot my phone. I took a picture of, oh, here it is. I got it. Of Jordan. Dude, Jordan shows up for our social happy hour <laughs> Dave birthday event, okay? You gotta be prepared. Solo. No, no, no. Solo, okay, with this. Dave, he brings, Jordan brings a box of wine, a box of wine, a box wine, like from the 90s when people drank box wine. <laughs> no, That's it wasn't from the 90s. Drinks. It was actually a, an up, uplifted brand for boxed wine, right? I stand by the black box. It's pretty good. It wasn't, it wasn't Franzia. It was, you got okay. Let me, let me see if I can... I, I, this is a pic of Jordan <laughs> self-serving himself from his... Was it a black box of wine? Yeah, black box. <laughs> oh, Siri is confused. Dude, who does that? Who brings a box of wine for themselves? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> Amazing. So, yeah, we, 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 we were not in good shape yesterday morning. We're sorry, and... Uh, we just called in sick, and, and we're not going to hide behind <laughs> it. That It happens not often, but, you know, a couple times a year, that might happen here at Dumb Money. So if you ever see us no-show on an episode, that's probably what happened. And okay? if you ever want to know how I dress, like, that's literally how I dress every day. Basketball shorts, toms, <laughs> sunglasses, <laughs> t-shirt, yep. and a box of wine. Yeah, okay. That's, that's amazing. By the way, speaking of alcohol, okay... I am in. I can't even tell you how bad of a mood I'm in today and yesterday because I was reminded again of probably the biggest miss that we have ever had. I, I'm not gonna say the. It's right up there, right up there with the biggest misses. And the thing that stings so bad about this miss, and I want us before we get into our episode today, I want us to talk about this because there's a lot that we could all learn. There's a lot that are or the people that are watching today can learn. Okay, we last summer, let's just start to last summer, I spent so much time, do you remember this? How much time did I spend analyzing hard spritzers, the hard oh, spritzer yeah. industry? I, the whole, like the whole 50, revolution of White Claws that turned into like every, every brand. Uh, Topo Chico is going to have a hard spritzer soon. I have been on top of this industry sector from before it launched. I was searching so deep on ways to trade it last summer. Um, I analyzed and overanalyzed the one big way to trade this, which was Sam Adams and Truly. But Truly just did not have the buzz last year. It was all about White Claw. All about yep. White Claw stole the show last year. And I ultimately did make a small trade on Sam Adams. But Sam Adams just—they—they they were not—they were not prepared 
for the hard spritzer uh, movement last summer. Something happened going into this spring that I was so overwhelmed by my research last year that I, with 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 this ha- with the virus happening and the 800 other trades we're assessing, the last thing my brain went to was I have to take another deep dive look at truly to see if truly miraculously all of a sudden is going to like topple White Claw. Who would have thought that could happen, right? And if you pull a Google Trends chart for White Claw and for Truly, you will see that something spectacular happened this year where all the buzz was on White Claw last year. The world got burnt out on White Claw. All the memes, all of it, they, they were not burnt out. And this year it was time to go with the brand leader who really just has the distribution, which is Sam Adams and all the grocery, right? Truly is on fire. So when Sam Adams, who makes Truly, took their dip back in March from $400 a share to $300 a share, not only did they recover back to $400 a share, but are you ready for this? Sam Adams is now at $830 a share. One of the most spectacular moves I have ever seen for a a company, a liquor company, the size of a beer company, the size of Sam yeah. Unprecedented. If you look at the the volatility that is pricing in Sam Adams uh, options, the amount of money that we could have all made, the amount of money that I should have made, that I was supposed to make on this trade, based on all the research I've done over the past year and a half on this trade, how did I miss this? How does this happen? It how just shows we should have had our alerts set in ticker tags, right? And then we would have known about it. Oh my gosh. Why we built ticker tags, right? And it's like, we no longer have those alerts set up in that system anymore. And the bottom line is, guys, this is all we do. We are social arbitrary. We live and die. We live and die to surface these types of trades. This is what we do. This is what we're known for. This is what I built my life around. And for 15 years, I've been saying as many of these that we catch, there are still more that we miss. And that's a problem that needs to be solved, right? And ticker tags aside, because I don't want to talk about an institutional platform that our, our followers don't have access to. These are the things that we can solve as a community. Discord, yes. our Discord Everyone channel. has access to this chart that we're looking at right here. The, the yes. Truly versus White Claw popularity chart where there's just this continued increase where it's it, it spiked past here back last last summer but it's now tied with this market leader uh, it's it's unbelievable and guys this is the type of stuff that our discord channel usually surfaces and captures for us okay and that's why we created the discord channel because listen we're we're a small community relatively small community um, of like-minded social arb investors and the entire purpose of us kind of working with each other is to help each other surface things because we can't all surface everything. It, that will never happen. I don't care how good your how good your your kind of surfacing methodology is. It's not going to happen. And, and listen, you know, I spend four hours a night on ticker, and I look for surfacing tags across a spectrum of, of word categories, and I usually catch this stuff. Um, but. Discord's done a great job for us, but we did miss this one. Now, maybe someone in Discord a while back said I missed it, but I don't think so. Um, but listen, if you're not on the Discord channel, 
what is the, our Discord channel, Dave? It's uh, well, you just basically go to Discord, but to get invited, um, go to dumbmoney.tv/discord, and that will have a link that will actually get you into our Discord. Dumbmoney.tv/discord. I, I, I feel like if I, you're in there. You better you better contribute. It's not just for people watching and stealing ideas. You got to get in there and contribute. At some point, if you've been floating around there and haven't said anything for a year or done anything, we might do a washout on people that are just not. Are you really going to do that? No, I think that there's a, a community yeah. of watchers too. I mean, I've been really bad well, about that, contributing. That's not fair. That's not fair. That's not fair. You can't just be a watcher. You could be a watcher for a period of time. Like, listen, I don't care if you want to be a watcher for six months or nine months, but at some point, if you're sitting in our Discord channel for five years, not contributing anything uh, to the surfacing of ideas, the the, the vetting of ideas. That's just not what we wanted. That's not fair to the people that are doing the hard work in Discord. So um, just know that. Know that. But uh, listen, guys, join and contribute. Listen, we need to do better as a community in not missing this stuff. You don't need to just surface it. But if you surface it and people just don't look at remind us. Like, we surfaced. Like, so on, Guys, you got you to gotta see this. Yeah, you were thinking right? about it. You were thinking about the um, the stay at home alcohol trades. We had uh, what Don Julio or what was your what was our yeah. trade that that we made how a little money on? How Dave? How did we do? We did. We talked about this for half an hour. One yeah. episode. We had a margarita trade, and yet I'm sitting in the backyard having a white claw that night. I don't know why I didn't make the connection to <laughs> is there a is there a pure play white claw investment? And it's called Sam well, Adams. Dave, I'll tell you why I missed it, because I was biased, because I spent so much time on a trade that didn't, you know, last year that was too soon, it, it, I, I thought there was no trade there, basically. I didn't think, and I had to remind myself that, you know, what times consumer behavior can turn on a dime, right? Uh, it, you know, well, and with this one, it could be distribution, too, right? It could be just, you know, um, right. Sam Adams starts to make a push to say, like, no, we're going to get truly in the top shelf of all of our grocery stores that we're in. And and you know what, Jordan? Sometimes those distribution marketing, uh, you know, angles in terms of getting a position in the right way, right time, they work. At some point, White Claw sells out, which it did. White Claw sold out like it normally does earlier this year. And I don't and, think you've got any like loyal White Claw drinkers. They're like, oh yeah, they got Truly instead. That's perfect. You know. And you know how many people? And, and I did the analysis. It's interesting when you look at the word Truly plus the word White Claw on Twitter. What you will find is a little mini war of some people way prefer White Claw. And you know what? Some people way prefer Truly. Well, if you have a situation where people are being forced to try both because one or the other is sold out, the way it's going to shake out is about half the people prefer that and half the people prefer that. Well, you know what? Now we have a winner that's as big as White Claw, okay, that you could actually invest in. Oh, how did we miss this, guys? This is insane that we missed this. Okay, we so so we don't miss anything else. Before we get on to the student topic, this back to school topic, what? So uh, we we had a something today that that could be a connectable event to investing. Jordan's boxed wine. Look at the spike in boxed wine that I just pulled up a chart. This is this is the term boxed wine. Five years. Look at this. We had we had um you know it's kind of consistently average, and then in March it, it hit the ceiling. <laughs> it not sustained. Now, now, if that looked more like the truly chart, I'd be excited. Like, like, listen, guys, you have to be careful. We know this. When you get spikes that aren't sustained, there are numerous reasons why something can temporarily spike. 
it's that it's a spike and leveling out at a level that's higher than it was before the spike that gets us excited when it comes to either search traffic or conversational volume on Twitter. Either either one, right? And but I think that um, that's just kind of the you you just prepare your mind, start thinking about if I'm seeing something different. I'm I hadn't seen boxed wine in six months. And I saw it for the first time, so that's a that's some. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do a quick search, and I didn't see way, a I didn't see any sustained lift, but I did see it go from an average of 25 to 50 to up to 100 for the first time in five years, and then right back down to the 50. To Dave, you know what range. that was back then? That was when, the beginning of the pandemic when people yes. were just hoarding alcohol any like and think about it, box wine is a perfect thing to hoard because you could literally just buy it in bulk right it makes it, you throw it in your pantry get it delivered like, just alcohol in bulk right i mean just just lots of boxes of alcohol wine it makes total sense that that would have spiked at the beginning of the pandemic for sure yeah interesting uh it, anyway i just saw a comment that um uh costco had white claw but has moved to truly so oh yeah you know, here's the thing, man. Uh, you know, the White Claw has good distribution too, by the way. But uh, Sam Adams, they they they're a major. They're they're pretty. They're major. That they, they have they have the distribution, and that in this category, it's going to help. Listen, if they had distribution, that was it. It wouldn't matter. What but what you find on Twitter, and this is why I do your analysis on Twitter, is that they do also have fans, almost at the same rate as White Claw. So. People, if roughly 50%, even if only 35% prefer yeah. Truly and are forced to try Truly and then stick with Truly, that is a huge deal. That's a huge, huge deal. Or they okay. stick with it because it's all that's at Costco now, right? Well, that's another thing. I mean, like, you, you know what? It's just there. I'll drink it. It's fine. Well, it, yeah, it, it, yeah, but you have to make sure it doesn't. it's not terrible. Because if like, everyone was like, the Truly stuff is all I can get, but it, everyone hates it, that yeah. wouldn't stick and it wouldn't be good. It just it would never materialize. People would find other brands and they'd figure it out. Or they so, just wouldn't drink hard seltzer. They would just drink something else. So, Chris, at your bar restaurant, do you serve hard seltzers? That was another, that was oh, another no. question. Oh, no. No, and, and obviously, and, and your bar as well, Dave. The reason why we don't serve hard seltzer at our restaurant or bar is because uh, people that are drinking beer, they'll drink beer and that's fine because like we're not making our own beer at the restaurant. But if you're going to drink a hard salsa, normally if it's not available, you'll instead drink a vodka soda, which has better uh, margin, yeah. right, Dave, for bars yeah. and restaurants. And, and we just li listen. So we would prefer you drink a vodka soda. A, a bar owner's nice favorite. A, a bar owner's favorite order is a uh, just bottom shelf. Just say vodka soda. And you're going to get very inexpensive vodka that is actually made in the exact same way. And it's all Fine. it's all big yeah. one batch. Brand name vodka is kind of a scam. But we pay zero for it, basically. And it's it's just $2 less than the premium stuff that we actually have to pay something for. Yeah, so. and also, like, the last thing we need is to, to find another 30 square feet to store all the hard salsa bottles when we already, like are maxed out on storing all of our beer and all of our kegs and all of our wine and all of our liquor. Like, we don't need that. That's just not, it's not convenient for a restaurant or a bar. Um, so no. If you guys want to see uh, a little behind the scenes of both Chris's restaurant and my bar and our co-owner in both of those is uh, our buddy Lynn. Uh, we have an episode where he appears on it too. And we uh, talk about our worst investment ever, which is, I mean... Or bad idea. What was the title of that one? It was the, the worst investment ever. I think the problem is, in general, investing in a bar or restaurant is the worst investment. Yeah. It's been amazing for us. We have an anomaly kind of business in both of ours. Yeah. yeah. 
but Surprise, except for now when we're closed. Right? We have a different way of approaching of approaching that type of investment. Like everything else that we do is different. We don't do anything the same as what normal investors do. Yeah. Uh, and it's worked out extremely well. Dave, actually, Dave and Lynn have one of the best, probably one of the most profitable bars in the state of Texas, if not the whole country. Um, and, you know, our restaurant, Chelsea Corner, is one of the top performing restaurants in the city of Dallas and one of the top in, in Texas as well. Um, but uh, well, that's a lot of hard work. Anyway, a great episode. You should definitely watch it on the initial Dumb Money channel. It's youtube.com forward slash dumb money. Now, before we get into the back to school at home or back to home school, Dave, yeah. I do want to tease something that I, we, we'll get into this. At the end of the episode. Are we, are we training people to just not even bother so, tuning in for the first 20 minutes because it's just random chit chat? <laughs> no, it's not random. This is all this is super important stuff. It's actually, man. yeah, it's it's super the stuff that's on the top of my we, we plan a show and it's like, well, we have to talk about this. We have to talk about this. But we need to talk about we're, we're gonna save this episode. We're gonna that. save a the topic you're about to bring up, we're gonna save until later, because we want to get into the school stuff. But we do need yeah. to let you know that we top of mind right now is this whole TikTok Microsoft thing. So we we're going to Yes and Dave, do you know it's the number one uh, changing popularity trending thing on Robin Track uh, for Robinhood traders? And go, guys, let us know what you think about this. We are thinking we're going to add a bunch of segments to our show starting maybe on Thursday. And during our show, we're going to do a segment. So you'll have these segments and we'll air these segments as seg standalone segments on our channel or probably on our old Dumb Money channel. And one of those segments is likely to be uh, the top trending Robinhood stock for the week and what we think about it, if, if we're trading it, why are we trading or why are we not trading it? This week, it happens to be Microsoft uh, based on the TikTok pending TikTok acquisition. Uh, I want to talk about the trade that we might or might not have made and why and how we plan on trading this Robinhood stock. So that would be like a segment that we'll do every week. Um, do you guys like that yeah. idea? Um, and then kind of count on. And if you don't want to watch a two-hour episode, you can just watch that five-minute segment as a standalone, right? Dan? It gives us, yeah, it basically gives us an opportunity to, while we're doing this live show anyway, give you some unique additional perspective, regardless of what our topic is for the for the show. And if you guys don't have three hours to watch us, because sometimes we do go on and on, we'll have a short snippet of just some highlight clips that are that are easy to consume over probably on the original Dumb Money channel. Just because that, that channel is sitting there and there's like 40,000 subscribers who haven't been able to see anything from us. So that's that's the thought, is we're going to have some little standalone things that we can run as kind of replays on the other channel. Yeah, we're not standing still here at Dumb Money. We're constantly evolving. Uh, we're trying to make this channel better for you. We're taking your advice and um, it will continue to evolve and change based on what you guys want. So uh, let's let's so, get into it, guys. I want to get into this back to school. So for some perspective, let's talk about what each of you, 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 I don't have kids, you each have kids of school age. So let's talk about what your specific school districts are doing and what your plans are for your kids. Just to, just to kind of let, it, let everyone know where we, where we kind of fall into this. Okay, so I'll start. Um, my school district it has decided to do a hybrid model to where we're starting three weeks late and everyone is starting remote. So the whole school district is starting remote for three weeks. It might be remote all year, who knows, but starting off remote for three weeks. After that, 
um, you get to choose if you want to send your kid to school or do homeschool um, now, or, you know, school remotely. Seven, about 73% of our school district has said we're going to send our kids to school. About 27%, including me, uh, has said we're going to keep our kids home. And you could change your decision every nine weeks. So like it, it's like a semester, that's a semester in yeah. middle school. This is fifth grade, right? Or the whole school district's doing this for the whole school, honestly, the whole K through 12. Um, the problem is that our school district, and I think a lot of school districts, have a plan that if a kid gets sick, it's like almost the whole school shuts down for 10 days. I think I think they've modified it to where it's not the whole school. It's just like the class and any class. Like it's probably like a sixth of the school shuts down for 10 days. And so I think the whole thing is going to be a catastrophe because, listen, kids get sick when the school season starts. Even if it's not with this virus, they're going to come in with coughing. They have asthma. Uh, they're going to come in sneezing. Kids get fevers. I mean, it's going to be such a circus trying to figure out, is that kid sick? Is that kid not sick? Even if you have symptoms, they're going to immediately send you home, whether or not you, they're not going to like do a test on you. If you have symptoms, you're done. You're home for like two weeks. Right. And so it's going to be so such a cluster, I think, that we wanted our kids to have more of a, uh, you know, a known experience for the entire semester. So we don't want our kids going to school, coming home, not knowing if they're going to be in school today or not in school. We just want to figure out our scenario. So the thumbnail, the beautiful thumbnail you made, Dave, was uh, our little mini schoolroom that we created inside, for my two kids inside of uh, one of our spare bedrooms. And my wife did a fabulous job. Uh, we bought these desks from Wayfair, okay? We, I don't know where. She got most of the school supplies, I think, from Target. Uh, I What you don't see yet, and I'm, we're not going to get too into this, but what you don't see yet is I have two uh, MacBook Airs coming uh, for my kids because, one, I want them on a MacBook so they have issues. I don't know how to use anything that's not a MacBook, so um, I'm, I bought two MacBook Airs. Uh, but that is our – the thumbnail for this episode is our school – uh, quite honestly, probably for the entire year for my family, because we do have some autoimmune issues where we're being ultra conservative. Um, but I know it's different for every district. Most of the people we know are sending their kids to school. How about you, Jordan? Yeah, we're pretty much doing the exact same thing that you're doing. And our school district is putting together almost the exact same plan. I think we're the only thing. Amy told me that they're doing a little bit more synchronous work with the. Yes with your district than they're doing with mine. So my district is mostly asynchronous, which is why we're actually going to bail and go to, um, <laughs> we're going to Arkansas and we're going to um, Colorado. Um, Are you getting the RV? We're not getting the RV. We decided against it. Um, we're just going to do a normal, like one day road trips to each one of these places. And then we rented a house in each one of them. But Jordan, I know someone that has an RV-like vehicle in our Dumb Money Channel, Dave. <laughs> that just bought. He just bought the. Do you have a picture of that thing? We now have. Instance? Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll find a picture of that too. I'm sure he'll rent it to you, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, but our daughter, but our daughter's got cystic fibrosis. We're being um, pretty careful. Also, uh, we don't yeah. want any contamination there, so we're going to do everything from home. The first, I mean, so again, nine weeks at a time. I would imagine. There's zero percent chance the first two nine weeks that we would re-enroll, um, but we'll just keep an eye on everything. I mean, obviously, ideally, we'd like our kids to actually go to school, but I feel like between the coronavirus and then also just with the lack of organization, how all this stuff's going to run, I think it's going to be a disaster 
at some of these schools. Um, yeah. With them trying to figure out how to like organize people and stuff like that. There's going to be way too many distractions with masks and stuff. People aren't going to be focused. I think it's going to be a bad situation to be in and, school. And we were that. talking about, you know, Jordan, uh, you know, I think a lot of the people that want their kids to go to school, and for good reason, they want the socialization and all that stuff. Oh. But it's not going to be – there's not going to be any socialization for the most part in school at all. It's going to be really awkward and weird. And, and also, you know, I've read this thing about a teacher – talking about how a lot of the teachers are thinking, no, they're a little bit scared, they're a little bit anxious. You know, their their goal is to basically get out of there at the end of the day. So, like, they're not going to be, like, on top of your kid, hugging them, touching them, like, you know, doing all, like, especially in elementary school, all the things to make them feel comfortable. You know, they're not going to be, like, hovering over yeah. them like they used to be. Um, so it's going to be a little, it's just going to be an awkward But the thing, thing is, with elementary school, you really need that, right? I mean, some of these yeah. kids need um, someone to, like, actually kind of walk them through things. And um, that's why, I mean, we're really fortunate. And then my wife can, um, you know, really attend to the teaching and, and do the hovering and do the, the helping out. And so people that, um, you know, aren't in that position, I feel like, you know, their kids are going to be at a slight disadvantage of being in school right now. I mean, just for this year, right? It's it's a it's it's a concern. Um, maybe it'll play out differently, but it is a concern. Totally, totally. Um, so you know, well, by the way, you, Dave, if you need if you need a vehicle, I I, I have. I don't know if it's going to pull up. There it is. Nice. <laughs> this is now sitting in my front yard. It's awesome. Uh, yeah, Chris, your uh, wife told me that she and your daughter were riding bikes. We live like one block away from each other. And uh, your daughter's comment was, what is Mr. Dave thinking? What, what is, is that going to be, he's going to drive that? No, I'm not going to drive that. I'm probably never going to drive that. That's something that Megan will drive and I will, you know, potentially be a passenger uh, in rarely, but we'll see. It, look, it, it seems actually kind of cool. I don't know. I, we'll have to see how that goes. It's like the A-Team vehicle, man. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. It is. All right. So, by the way, I do want to say something. Um, I think a big part of today's conversation is going to be, or, or part of it, is going to be online learning and some of these online learning companies and stocks. And, you know, normally I have, a, you know, I've been investing since I was, what, 12 or 13 years old. I have a pretty good background in investing in just about every sector like i it's not any stock that's public chances are i've traded it at one point in the past i have never looked at these stocks like these are stocks other than like scholastic when i was trading the harry potter deal that they had for harry potter books a couple years ago a few years ago these are just not stocks that i've really looked at and i was kind of surprised quite honestly that I never really took any, you know, an interest to at least learning about some of these online learning companies because kind of interesting, and I'm I really regret it, guys, because one of the stocks that we're going to talk about today, forget about the pandemic, knowing what I know about the way education, where education is heading, I'm really upset that I did not invest in this stock this last year, and now because of all this, it's just gone crazy, and like. I would love to be in this stock even before the pandemic, but now it's like it's all artificially inflated because of the stock. Yeah. So we'll, 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 t we'll talk about it. Um, yeah, that's the biggest thing that I've noticed when we've been researching this thing is a lot of it have been played up already. Um, yeah, and that's okay. Not all like, like, here's the thing. Uh, let, let's talk about just social ARB in general, guys. It's okay if, you know, you're trading information that you know is generally out there if 
you feel like the information is so game-changing, though. It's not just a matter about other people being aware. It's about are they aware of how game-changing it is? And Peloton's a perfect example. Like, we all know that Peloton now at this point is benefiting from the pandemic. Uh, I think the people that are still in Peloton, including myself, it's not a matter of we have access to this secret information that no one else has. It's a matter of I don't think the world understands just how big of a movement this is, yeah. how lasting it is, and that this is not just a temporary thing, but this is something that is going to go well beyond you know, this pandemic and this virus and the shelter in place to really be a new way that people think about gym equipment, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so it, the question I want to pose today for today's episode is, okay, can you make that same statement about any of these online education platforms in terms of, hey, this is such a game changer that over the next 10 years, this is a multi-trillion dollar industry, potentially education globally, right? And if there, if, an, if a leader emerges, a leader uh, to the likes of an Apple or a Lululemon or an Amazon, if we get a leader in online education and we truly feel that over the next decade or two decades that the whole world is going to basically embrace online education at a massive scale and there's one company that's really leading the charge on this you know this little this little spike that we're seeing in the year of the pandemic might not be you know it might there might be a lot more of that to go right over the next decade. Right? This could so be the thing that, that jump starts. You know, these, these businesses may have been successful in 10 years anyway, but this may just leap them forward three or four years when, when maybe yeah, we well, weren't quite thing, ready like, to switch to online learning. And now we're forced to do some online learning. And if it's if it proves to be successful, it could turn into a, a faster success for some of these companies that would have been successful anyway. Yeah, and these aren't major market cap companies, right? So they've got room to run still. Um, for the most part, yeah. Can I just, you know what? I'm going to list the companies, and I, there might be some that you want to talk about, some I want to talk about, but let me just list them, and then just the online education companies that yeah. I know of, and then you guys can pick one, or we'll each yeah, pick there's, one. There's, that there's we basically talk two about, right? two that, I, that I've been following, and I'm, I'm sure they're, they're probably at the top of your list, too. Okay, which two have you been following, Dave? Just, so, just don't tell us about them. Just just name them. And just just to name them, um, for elementary through twelve, K twelve, uh, which is LRN is the stock symbol, and okay. for for basically high school through college to career, uh, Chegg, which is okay, has become perfect, the brand name two, to me. Those are the two I really want to dig in deep on this episode. Exactly. Are there any others that you think are interesting to talk about? Those, I've got those some are... alternative plays in this space. Um, <clears throat> one of them's a little weird. It's uh, it's a Brazilian company, Arco Platform, um, but they are listed in the United States, um, and they have real rough. I mean, they're actually doing business in Brazil right now. Um, uh, but it's a foreign deal. But we do we do know that Brazil has been pretty hard hit by um, the coronavirus. So I feel like it could be. A decent idea. The other one is a little bit old school, but they they are in this space too, and I think people forget about it. Um, and their stock price is actually um, kind of at a low because they had a big issue uh, earlier in the year. But anyways, I'll just name them Pearson. Okay, yeah, the, Pearson. Okay, great. So European. we'll discuss those two as well. The yeah. one, the other ones that I'm just name them. I don't really want to discuss them, uh, but I'm just going to name them. Uh, is uh, B N E D 
which is Barnes and Noble's like education division, right? It's basically the Barnes and Noble like stores essentially, right? And they they're trying to get they're trying to kind of compete a little bit with Chegg. Um, I, I I don't think we need to spend much time there because they're not really savvy uh, when it comes to you know reaching people remotely because they leverage their store base to sign up people at the sell stuff, right? Uh, which is not awesome in this environment. Uh, but uh, the other one is HNHC. Uh, these are like little junky small pack cap companies that I think are like hype companies. I just don't want to spend any time there because I just, I, I don't, I'm not, not a real fan. There's also HNHC is not a valid of, stock ticker. Oh, sorry. I might, I might've got, I might've gotten the sticker, uh, ticker wrong on that. But it's irrelevant because I don't really want to talk about some of these smaller ones. They're too small anyway. <laughs> this um, is the Barnes and Noble chart the, for the year, just so you know. Mm, not looking good. No, no, not not at all, not at all. Uh, there's also a ton of Chinese uh, online education companies that I just don't want to talk about. They're they're all they are some of them are listed here in the U.S. Yeah, and nothing wrong with them. I'm not saying they're not good investments, but I, I don't want to focus on that because I think it's not part of our really initial impact on back to homeschool here episode. So listen, I am fast. Chegg is the one, by the way, guys, that I really am disappointed in myself for not researching before all this started because I love what they're doing. I like it's the one company they used to what? They sell school they used to just sell school they were, books. They right? were a, a school book rental service and that that they became kind of the brand name of school book rental and they were smart enough to realize hey we have all we have this college age group using our site every day let's expand our offerings and they've done a fantastic job of of doing just that it's 15 bucks a month and for 15 dollars a month you essentially get access to all of these online tools and i think i don't know whether you have to pay extra or not but you also have access to people and expertise and tutoring and stuff like that it's probably extra but like you could like they have tools where it will like they have question and answer sets and like you could ask questions and people will answer your questions for you like experts and tutors will answer your questions they also have an entire library a history of questions and answers for every single subject every single class right they also have things where they'll like you can scan your math deal right and it'll like visually show you how to do the math question yeah that's the one that i'm interested in because it's like it looks like a little wolfram light right because um wolfram's pretty expensive um you know yeah all, all that software this is like this isn't this isn't like the full notebook situation that they've got, but it's it's like a little light deal that could help you learn how to solve math problems. And I think it's pretty Jordan, interesting. Jordan, you know what's so great about this is that it's so cheap at fifteen bucks yeah. a month. That and, and by the way, they already have you through their book division, right? So like they they're getting you through the book division, and then all of your friends they call it like some people call it like chegging, you know what I'm saying? Like like so all like so many of these kids are getting on it. That now it just becomes a thing like, okay, what do you do? You sign up for school, you buy your books, you get your subscription for Chegg for the for the semester, right? It's not like a game changer necessarily, but no, a they, lot of they've, kids they've, use it to they've turned it into a subscription. <laughs> it's it's basically Netflix for for everything you need to know about uh, you know everything you need to get through college. I, it's yeah, genius. You know what's so great, Dave? Is that it's an entry portal. So now that you're paying 15 bucks a month, you have, you know, there are some things that you need deeper help on. You want to, and you can go in deeper. It opens up all kinds of ways to charge you more money for deeper stuff. 
Um, but for fifteen, you would you know this? Like, I don't want to it's, talk about this later. It's literally a cheating retail. service. The the no no no. Here's the, here's the other thing. So it's a cheating service, but it's also an anti-cheating service because they do have um, a plagiarism scanning um, service for uh, teachers as well. Yes, which is which is which is great because you know what? Uh, I I mean it it just listen. It works all around. I think this is the type of thing that at some point, like all of these kids are just going to get on. Uh, and if you look at Google Trends for the word Chegg, Dave, um, it, you could see the name of their company. It only spikes in the fall, right? So yeah. it only spikes in the fall, which makes sense. But guess when else it spiked? It spiked huge in the spring this year. So the second that school was canceled in the spring, all there was this monster. Look at that. Every fall, it's it's like clockwork. Every single season is identical except for the pandemic. The pandemic, it was as if school restarted from scratch in the spring. And that is really powerful. Yeah. And here's what I want to talk about for Chegg in terms of going into this quarter. They have earnings coming up in the next couple of weeks. No, they just but had here's earnings. what's really important. They just had their earnings they just, yesterday. Are you sure? Yes. Okay, so here's. But, oh, you're right. They did. And they earnings, beat expectations. Sorry. They 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 raised their guidance yes. for the for the full year. They didn't. Uh, they didn't I'm make sorry. quarterly guidance, but they raised their guidance for next year. So I'm you sorry, missed you're it. Right. You're Once right, again, Dave. you snooze, you lose, Chris. Hey, but they're down three percent today, so maybe it's a good buying opportunity. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing. You'll really understand how big of a deal Chegg is for this environment in about three weeks, okay? Three and a half weeks. If you look at that G-Trend chart, the third and fourth week of August is when that thing historically spikes because that's when everyone's going back to school. So I am interested to see how big that spike looks like this later this August, okay? Are we going to get a 50% lift or a 100% lift from previous uh, school seasons? That will be a really telling thing. So if you're looking at Chegg and you're trying to figure out, okay, we all know they're doing better than expected. They Listen, Dave, they had guidance, but there's no way that they can predict guidance based on we think we're going to do double what we normally – that's just never – they'll yeah, never yeah. do that. Yeah. They'll never do that. But if you see that thing coming at double – Watch out, guys. Watch out. I mean, th this thing could really go a lot higher, I think, um, based on the search traffic of people talking about. In terms, you, If you can't monitor conversational volume, which most people can't, then look at search traffic, right? And we'll be able to see it unfold in real time. But you know what? Later when we talk about retail stocks, there's something that I think is so powerful there's nothing that a parent won't do for their child when it comes to making them comfortable at school, whether socially uh, we want them to fit in, we want them to have you know clothes that are proper, we want to help them as much as we can. And I think that's going to work against a lot of retailers this fall, and I'll explain why later, but I think it's going to work for Chug because when Chug. your kid is like, hey, I need 15 bucks a month for this like it's like a, a digital tutoring thing, and it helps. No parent would say no, assuming that they have the money to pay for it, right? Yeah. It's like a no-brainer. No, absolutely. Um, so I, and another thing I like about Chug is their Chegg. margins are like Chug. It's not Chug. Me, Chug. Chug is, Chug is the Chug. college drinking app. Chug is the yeah, college uh, cheating app. Same thing. Same thing. Uh, another thing I like about them is <laughs> That's our TikTok moment for the, for the day, too. <laughs> 
They have margins in the mid 70% range where, you know, their competitors have margins in like the 30 to 50% range. These guys have really high margins. They're really well capitalized. They are the industry leader. Um, they are aggressively making acquisitions to basically push themselves into higher education. So they're going older, right? So, because all yep. these people recognize the brand in college, right? High school and college. So if you recognize the brand uh, in, in, in high school or college, then they have a huge opportunity to push you into higher learning to ben eventually get you a job. So like, I think one of the things they recently acquired was basically an online learning service that essentially uh, you know, basically teaches you a skill set like in coding and then helps you get a job, right? In coding or, or one of those fields, right? So for a lot of people, they're already on Chegg and they're like, hey, wow, this is really cool. Like I'm graduating college but can't get a job, but Chegg is, has a way to, you know, help me figure out other learning that I can do to get a job. They're also trying to go downstream to lower K through 12, right? Yes. And so I think a big thing that their CEO said in the last earnings call was that they think a lot of their growth is going to come from going higher and lower and just continuing to leverage the brand asset that they have, which I think quite honestly is brilliant. They're going to continue to layer on new services and ways to get more money out of their people. I think it's brilliant. Listen, they have the eyeballs, right? If you yeah. have the eyeballs in the relationship, that's all that really matters in this world. They, they can only grow. I mean, they're, they're, they, they're not a big revenue company. They're not a big company at all, but they have the positioning and they're the first kind of brand name when it comes to something that students use. I can't, I can't think of another platform that, that students are using that has a brand name. Now, th now there are a bunch of other le online learning things, but things that, that students are actually seeking out, logging in, creating account, paying for a subscription. I can't think of any others. I heard. Yeah, that the only one that I can think of is Wolfram. Um, but yeah, that's only I, for like that's only for like college and like advanced high school math students. Yeah, I heard that their unaided brand awareness was like right up there with some of the top brands. Like amazingly, like check. I, it's it's. I don't know if that's true or not, but I was reading. Saw a few people made that comment. Um, it's interesting, guys. Like I think you know I am a huge believer. We we had this debate in our friend group. Uh, or in our text text group a couple weeks ago, I am a. I think Dave, you're on my side. I think online learning uh, is the future. I, you know, we could debate if it's five years or fifty years or a hundred years, but I think it's just a matter of time before we figure out how to leverage online learning to get better learning to most age groups. Maybe not all age groups, and maybe not all students. By the way, still yeah. some students are always going to need higher touch, uh, but to a lot of students, I think it is the future. I'm kind of an amateur futurist. I, I just don't see the way the classroom has been for 100 years continuing for 100 more years. I, I just think we've already seen it change a little bit, and this could be a, a, you know just a, a starting point to have things change a little bit more quickly. But I, I totally see. I, I, I heard a podcast not long ago, but it was actually from like 10 years ago. Um, it was on Freakonomics, and it was about this, this like, charter kind of online math program called like student of one that was based in New York city. And I think they had like a dozen or so schools in Manhattan, Bronx, uh, Brooklyn. And it was all about, um, teaching kids in a different way. And I think that the episode was, was kind of comparing 
education to a bad radio station where with with old radio stations the way it has been since the beginning of radio is you tune in and you have to listen to whatever is on there for you you can change the station and get you know different i can listen to rock or or country but you're kind of just forced to listen to whatever playlist is on there and everything else in our life has become a more customized personal experience Instead of listening to the radio, you go to Spotify or Pandora and you listen to the genre that you want and you thumbs up and thumbs down and it learns what you like and education is moving in that direction. So this is like a, a math-based program where for middle school kids where they basically had in-person classrooms where the kids would go and have these kind of open environment, but instead of being taught by a teacher standing at the front of the room, they interacted with kids, but then learned off of a screen. And it was a one-to-one -one interaction, and sometimes, sometimes it's a pre-recorded thing, I think. But basically, they would they would see how the kids were doing with each type of learning. And if if they're presenting a new concept, they have six different ways of teaching it: the kind of hands-on or the the you know lecture-based, just different different teaching method, methods. And they see the mastery of each of these things. And then, then the next day, in like real time, they're changing the playlist for their classroom. And to me, that just is like too smart. That's, that's, what, that's what the future will be. When once we get machine learning and artificial intelligence to figure out what each kid actually needs to best master a subject or to, to understand and to learn, that that's not something that you can do on a one-to-many classroom that has to be a one-on-one -on -one. and each person instead of instead of teaching to the lowest common denominator and slowing the class down so that the the person who's having the hardest time finally gets it you're teaching each person at their own pace and if someone is mastering concepts quickly they're getting it more advanced and so in this like multi-year thing the kids were advancing you know a year and a half ahead of what they were doing in the other public schools so to me Dave. That program, I don't know if it even still exists, but and it was a, it was a ten year old podcast. But um, that's kind of the future is is teaching to the individual, but still having some interaction because half of learning is learning how to be a real human in society. Dave, it has to happen. And also, let me also say that learning to be a real human in society. You know, a lot of people say that. Well, I think what a real human is in society is also changing. So I, I'm not going to say it's going to change overnight, but, you know, people get so much slack for screen time and all this stuff. But the reality is, I, listen, when we started doing this live show back in, I don't know, February, March, whenever we started it, I was like, this is, I mean, we, we normally go to lunch and talk around table. And we have cameras set up around us, like, and we're taping us talking, having a conversation. I'm like, it's going to be really awkward and weird just to be sitting alone having this on a screen. And I didn't think it was going to work at all. And quite honestly, I'm so comfortable doing this. I think I'm more comfortable doing this with you guys now than being back around the table. Yeah, like it's, yeah. it's amazing how quickly the human mind changes what you think is normal, um, what you're comfortable doing. And I know this is the future. I know it. It's not just a, it's not just a prediction. It's a matter of when online learning individualized learning algorithms that are going to detect what I should be teaching this kid tomorrow versus what they did today. And the kid right next to them is not ready to do that yet. They need to do more of what we did today in a slightly different way, maybe taking a different approach. Um, it has to happen. And there will be a company or more than one company in this space because I know that when we talk about online learning for the future, 
I know it is not going to be the government trailblazing with new methods. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's not going to be your local public school district that has like a school board that has this like trailblazing way of teaching. That's just not going to be it. It's going to be people and companies that are trailblazing new scientific approaches to learning. And I think this whole world kind of gets somewhat, I don't want to call it privatized because I think there'll always be a public private uh, working partnership uh, when it comes to education. Uh, but hopefully, you know, whether it's philanthropic or something else that the privatization can philanthropically add value to public education over time. Um, and these companies might not play a huge, they'll still play a huge role, right? Like, like even in K through 12, where it's public, I think a lot of that money is going to go to these companies that are going to prove that they can educate kids better. Because if they can prove they can educate kids better, it's yeah. done, right? I mean, no one's, and, that's it. It's and game so over. you and I basically were against most of the other people in that chat. And as far yes. as what the future of education, the world, everything, I mean, the amateur of uh, futurist in me says and some of our uh, just looking at the chats andrew agrees with me but this is this is the kind of feedback that we were getting amongst our friends david says hey dave that will never happen cater to each individual child i'm saying that technology will get to the point where you can have artificial intelligence coming up with the sentences that make the most sense to the child to help educate them on a one-to-one -one basis whether it's a humanoid figure or some auditor, whatever it is, there's going to be some way that each and every person gets their own individual version of the instruction. So, and so my point, so I, and again, I, I think that's going to be a mix, right? Because I don't think you can ever fully automate this stuff right now. If you were, um, if you were to come up with like a, a language model that was to approach the language model that's in a human's brain, I've read studies. It would cost like two and a half billion dollars a year to run that language model on that's AWS, nothing. right? That's because nothing. Of, because yeah. of the, yeah, it'll, it'll cost that, half that, that the next like, year and half that the year after one, that. That's just for each person, right? Oh, oh, each well, but that's person. today. That's it's today. Insane. Yeah, it's insane. Technology but like, look, changes, like, right? like I said, I think I think technology can augment and help, and I think that's what you're going to see. I think we're going to rely a little bit extra on technology for the next couple of years while we get through this pandemic, but then. You know, I don't think you can ever really fully replace the uh, the classroom experience. Okay, so uh, let, let's say this. We're, we're, in time, absolutely you can. I'm not saying it's even in 50 years, but I can tell you this. In 500 years, we are not going to have humans teaching humans. I'm just telling you I, that's not going to happen. I 1 million percent disagree with that. I all right, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. I listen. Well, I you'll have to tune in to a future episode of uh, Dumb Money Live to see which one of us is right. We'll be we'll be uh, we'll be very elderly, but our brains will still be uh, connected to some machine, and we'll still be able to have these conversations 200 years in the future. But Jordan, I hope this not. Is this will die. Right now, humans are not educating a lot of people. Like right now, higher education, there are people that are getting completely educated online without any human-to-human -human interaction, and they're getting educated. I've seen the stats. Some of them way better than traditional education. So what you're saying, even today, might hold truth for an elementary school student, but definitely does not hold truth for someone well, in higher education. But learning today, so like any of the higher education stuff that's going on today, most of it's all videos, right? So like you're still learning from a person. It might not be person to person, but, that's but you're fine. still learning that, from that's a person. <laughs> that's, but that's, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's fine. Listen, someone giving a lecture and then, on a when video. When you have questions, you're probably like writing 
your questions down and then that person that gave the lecture might then be answering those questions or their TA or somebody is gonna be answering those questions. You're still interacting with humans, you're just doing it over technology. Well, We're never okay, gonna take humans away from it completely. It's well, just a time, let, let it's take, a time take, difference. Take of, I mean, at some point, any question someone asked this show could be answered more proficiently by artificial intelligence than me. I mean, there, there, didn't you the, invest the, the in a uh, in an artificial intelligence? Goes so deep. What? Like a, didn't you invest in an avatar company that's supposed to be able to respond on your behalf, like with AI? Yeah, genies. <laughs> genies. Oh, yeah. That yeah, was the that's, dumbest that's, idea that's ever. All right. So, what, hey, what what company are we talking about right now? Uh, we're still talking about Chegg right now, but I think okay. it's a bigger conversation about online learning because, yeah. all right, we can debate it all day long exactly if you're going to get to 100%. Because it's kind of irrelevant whether we get to 100% of online, you know, uh, uh, autonomous learning. It doesn't even have to be autonomous. It can just, we're just talking about uh, aided uh, private company online, remote. I'm talking about remote learning that's highly scalable okay so if so remote learning models that are highly scalable i think will become a much larger part of the education system over the next 20 years that's the thesis that i have and if that thesis holds true i think there will be companies like peloton uh that will become the market leaders in this space and have tremendous leverage because the one thing we do know about selling into education is it's extraordinarily difficult for a small company to sell into education. It's the most bureaucratic, difficult market to sell into. We have coached so many startups in this space and have basically warned them get out of the space. We have lost money in this space. Yes. Um, so the market leader, the one that has people in DC, the one that has actual people in districts where they're already contracted with every school district, it's a matter of them just slightly tweaking what they're selling every semester versus having to get in and sell a school district uh, uh, onto a contract. Those are the companies that I think are going to scoop up and acquire the smaller companies that are doing even more innovative things very cheaply fold them into their model, scale them out, and I do see a day when those companies are generating billions of dollars in revenue, right, from the education market, because as we move forward with education, I think, don't you guys see the government spending a lot more money, not less, in terms of education? There's going to be hundreds of billions of dollars being allocated, and there's going to be a few companies that are scooping that stuff up because they're going to have studies that show that they are helping, not hurting the education model. So well, I, think I hope is that there would be overall lower dollars spent, right? I mean, that's a pretty big hope, but that a bigger portion of it will go to technology and then smaller portions could go to, you know, um, you know, current things that they're spending money on. Yeah, I'm afraid just more. I, I hope that what you're saying is true, Jordan, but my yeah. my. my fear is that just more money is going to be spent on everything like you yeah. know it's going to be more 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 right it's not going to get it just is it should get more efficient with technology but it, it's going to end up just being more bloated and it's it's yeah, yeah, government's, it's the government's not good at spending money over time yeah yeah. So I think I think before it gets more efficient, it's just going to be more 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 and then and then eventually we're going to weed out the less efficient people part of it right over time and, and, and that will be way 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 down the road way down the road so um and i think they're just listen. looking at the chat i think there's one other one we might want to just touch on which is to you inc t-w-o-u they're a tech oh, I education i thought you already threw that up as your other one dave no 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 mine was k-12 and check oh okay okay but uh this um, to you is also they're in the u.s hong kong south africa and the uk 
Uh, they do graduate program segment, short course segment. Um, they're full. They, it's they all higher. You can get an online right? graduate degree. Yeah. No, no, no. I like them. That was that was one of. The, I thought, I'm sorry. I thought that was the other one that you mentioned because that was one of the ones I definitely want to talk about. Uh, it's fascinating what those guys are doing. They're basically they partner with like top high end Ivy League schools, right? Mm-hmm. Harvard. I think like MIT, SMU, my old school even is partnered Baylor down here in Waco. They're partnered with them, and they're basically doing full end-to-end, uh, scalable remote learning online programs, right? Yeah. And they're starting with uh, small programs for niche specialties, but they're allowing these schools to supplement their education with additional coursework that's fully scalable, fully remote, right? And so that's where they're starting. And they kind of started mostly with um, coding type stuff, right? That was kind of, you know, lent itself to being that type of coursework. But now they're like rolling into full style coursework, right? And it's really fascinating what they're doing because they basically have put together the entire, they're using Zoom, right? Like, like Zoom, I think, is part of their curriculum is kind of uh, synchronous learning, but then they're, they're, they've come up with a template to where you could basically, what you're talking about, Jordan, where you kind of blend synchronous learning with a human, with you know non-synchronous learning, with a lot of ways to kind of collaborate, partner, get course materials, digitally learn, you know, Q&A, like all that stuff. So, well, you see, I don't even like the, I, I don't even like saying that it needs to be synchronous. I like, I think the biggest advantage of online learning and um, things like this is that they're to, they can be totally asynchronous, right? You can watch the video whenever you want to watch it, whenever you have the time, and then you can ask questions when you get a chance, and then the, either the professor or the TA or somebody else um, can then answer those questions whenever, you know, whenever. And so I think the whole thing should be asynchronous. That's the biggest advantage. I mean, the biggest advantage is you don't have to be there, right? And then the number two is that you can do it at your own leisure. You know what's so interesting is that when we talk about asking questions, and I granted, it's like brand new. Like Alexa, it's just brand new. It like basically just came out. It's like not even 1.0. It's like 0.1, right, of 1.0. So it's so rudimentary, but my kids have conversations with Alexa all the time asking Alexa questions about geography and all this stuff. And I, my mind is like going, oh, my God, this thing is so crude right now. I could only imagine in five years or 10 years what an Alexa-like device who's a teacher can do with my children and other children, right? My kids won't be kids anymore. Yeah, I mean, right like, now they're scripted, blowing. right? I mean, you need to stay to a certain type of script and, and frame your questions in a certain way. And I think... And I, th- I think, you know, especially when you get a more advanced, um, advanced questions when you're talking like, you know, universally level math and science and, and things like that, like y- y- the questions can be a lot more nuanced. And I don't know, you're going to have to have pretty specific models for these things and also um, a way to break down those questions. I just, I just don't think, uh, I don't think you're talking five years. Yeah, like I said, it's it's going to get better every year. I, I agree, it'll like, get better every it's year. Not I don't all or nothing. It's yeah. not all or nothing. And, hey Chris, and I you, think you woke up. To... You woke up Lisa's uh, Echo device by calling it by name. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know. I should have done that. I'm sorry, guys. I'm really sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, so listen. I'm just saying. Basically, I'm saying that to kind of set the the bar. 
for what we're what I think it can be. I'm not saying Chegg is going to be that company, but I think it potential has potential to maybe be that company. And and listen, no investment. It's a risk reward. Every investment's a risk reward scenario, right? So well, I think the biggest I, advantage you get you get you get better distribution for good professors, right? So like you know instead of a professor speaking to like thirty people, you get the best ones. You make them available on these online platforms, and then they have TAs that are answering questions and things like that, yeah. right? And so you get to use that guy's time better or ladies' it's time happening. or whoever. I, it's happening. So like I'm going to watch Chad closely over the next three weeks. Okay, yeah. three and a half weeks. I'm going to watch. Uh, mainly Google Trends. I'm obviously also going to watch web traffic, and I'll share that with our Discord channel. I know I have pro accounts for web traffic, so like by by September 11th, I should have web traffic reports that are year over year for uh, for Chegg that just remind me, guys, and I'll share those. Like September, it might I might even have them by like September 8th because usually they're like eight to 11 yeah. days after the month closes out. I'll share those for August, and that will be really telling what Chegg.com and all the check what it did year over year. Um, and I'll make my probably make my decision then. I might get in Chegg earlier um, just to kind of set a base position. But I believe that this company has potential to break through even post pandemic to be a market leader. Um, and I kind of it's it's no slam dunk. And at these price points, it's you know I get it. I, people are trading this. It's it's a big trade right now. Uh, there's not a lot of arbitrage opportunity in the short term data. Yeah. The arbitrage opportunity here is in the longer term play. Like, can this be? You know, do we think this is this is a cultural shift? Do we think this is a shift in behavior? that is monstrous and not something just for this year. Um, because there's, there's likely will be a point in time when people write off Chegg because the pandemic, we see the light at the end of the tunnel, the vaccine. Like, don't you think at vaccine day, Dave, yeah. uh, Chegg is going to probably drop that day, right? Vaccine probably, day but, when we get but like- But not for a real reason, just because that's what people do is they shift out yeah. of their stay at home, work at home, learn well, at home into yeah. their, we're going back to, into the world again. Yeah, what yeah, I like yeah. about Chegg is that they, they're not, it doesn't require that you're doing full e-learning to use. I mean, they've got a lot of assets. It's more like, it's it's like learning augmentation, self-serve learning um, that you can use in a university setting, you can use for online learning, you can use it however you want to. Yes. Um, I don't like the second tier players, Dave. K-12, which is the one that you talked about, mm -hmm. they're like a second tier player. I looked into them. I'm not excited about them. I don't. I don't think, I just don't think it's that interesting. It's it's some. I, I I'm sure they'll do fine. I think that um, I think that where Chegg Chegg is basically high school through your first job. I think that K twelve focuses on K twelve, and that that's a segment that if I think that they're they're probably the brand name leader. Although it's not like a consumer brand. It's more like this is what. Yeah, I don't know if they're the brand name leader, and that's why I wanted to talk about Pearson because Pearson has um, um, something you probably never heard. It's called Connections Academy, but you it's online learning, right? And um, it's basically accredited by 28 states, I think, including Texas. Um, and we all know, Pe I mean, Pearson already has a lot of inroads to, to public education. Um, oh. And they're, they've been trading down lately because they had a really bad, from what I can tell, they had a really bad quarter with some of their um, uh, sales to universities pre-pandemic this is like january right yeah. um and so i think you still get pearson at a pretty good discount they're a bigger company than k12 they're like a you know they're about 10 times the size 
Jordan, um, they're the incumbent though. There aren't don't they have their hands? But like I said, they just like, picked up they just picked up Connections Academy, which I think was founded by somebody. I think they bought it. I'm you know I could be wrong, um, but you know Connections Academy seems like the default choice since they're accredited in the 28 states um, to do full on K-12 online learning. Um, yeah, and it's free, right? So like for a student, it's 100% free. And so you can actually replace your elementary school or your high school or whatever it is. You don't pay a dime. Uh, I'm not sure if they're getting reimbursed by nonprofits right now or if they're getting um, reimbursed by um, states and the state budget. Um, but I, I, I see a lot of people talking about Connections Academy, more so than uh, K-12. Now, K-12 you know, their biggest advantage is that they've got the eye of Betsy DeVos. So however long she's around, um, you know. Uh, that might not be that much longer. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> it might be four more years. It might not be that yeah. much longer. We'll, so we'll just have to wait and see. Um, uh, she could be so, replaced before before that. Oh, yeah. yeah. You say the wrong thing, gone. Yeah. Um, guys, I... I don't know. I feel like K twelve is is trying to has to sell into school districts, right? Um, where that's what I like about Connections Academy is that there's no selling. Basically, if you're wanting to do online learning and you're trying to figure out, well, what's the best way for me to do? It? I don't want to. You can actually skip your public school altogether and do full on online learning directly without talking to anybody. It's not you don't have to sell it into a school. People are going out and finding it themselves. Yeah, Pearson's though comes with a with, as an, they're in the incumbent in the space, and you get a lot of the old school stuff that they it do. Get some baggage along it, but I mean, you're not yeah. paying that much for only like a 15 PE, and you get a dividend. You get three and a half percent right now, so you get to you get paid to to sit Sexy. on this old technology dividend. <laughs> uh, all right, I didn't I didn't do that much work on Pearson's yeah. honestly, so I'm not going to talk too much smack about them. Uh, but K twelve, I just I can't get excited about K twelve. They're they're like out there trying to sell school district to school district. They still don't even have that many customers yet, and it's just not something that super super excites me. Um, Chegg, I like the scalability of Chegg's model more than anything else. I love how easy it is. Uh, they don't have to. They can circumvent the school, right? So they're going direct to students, right? Yeah. Direct to students. They are they're they're the brand in. play. And, and so K-12 is, even after this big run-up, they're still under $2 billion in market cap. And Chegg, I think, is closer to $10 billion after the run-up. So they're just, from yeah. a valuation standpoint, that's what the market thinks. No, t- totally, guys. And Scholastic, uh, I do want to touch on Scholastic for a minute. Their stock is still kind of in the dumps. Yeah, for those of y'all that don't know, Scholastic's basically a publisher, okay? And I don't like old school publishers. They make tons of books. They, they literally, I think they produce like something like, I don't know, 1,200 or 12,000 new kids' books a year. Like it just. Yeah, well, here's the like, deal. I mean, they do the, so they do the Scholastic book fairs every year, and that's their big bread and butter. And that's not happening, right? They're not, they're not going to, they're not going to put out like these rows and rows of books and march kids around in a circle. Wait a minute. No, I, that still happens. Not doing it this, yes. Oh, I yeah, went, that, yeah. I went and did. Yeah, that doesn't that seem like something that should have ended in the in the mid '80s? Like, yeah. I remember yeah. thinking that was weird when I was a kid, I, because I, you know, I was always a little bit more market savvy, and I thought it's really weird that this school is allowing this company to come in with these giant roll around bookshelves and fill up our both our gymnasium and our cafeteria for us oh, to, to like as kids mob. as kids to browse and to write down to tally up which ones we want to hand into our parents to then give money. That's that's a very oh. weird business model to 
Oh, no, no, now we fund an, so you fund an online account and then your kids can shop with that online money at the Scholastic Book Fair. That's what it yeah. was. How did they get not, that? Like said, that's not happening this year. It's How did they get that franchise, though? That is such a, that is a sweetheart deal if you can be in schools for as long as, well, since, since I was a kid? Schools, the schools aren't that, they're not that smart, right? But they want their kids, they want these kids to be reading and learning. And so it's, this is another educational outlet. I feel like yeah. they feel good about it. Um, Dave, but yeah, it, let me, it is let a me scam. explain. Let me explain, Dave. Scholastic is the only, pu- they bought everyone up. They are the only publisher in the world that can deliver a diversity of super interesting books for kids at all of all ages across every category. If you're if your kid like my little girl is into cats and she's read every book about cats, she can go to that book fair and find they will publish new books about cats for for 8-year-old girls, 10-year-old girls, whatever it is every year. And so to a school that is amazing because that all a school cares about and they should is getting kids interested if they can get them interested in reading something that they actually looks fun that's great so they have this company that's going to roll in these things and they're like we can guarantee you we got books for every kid in your school that they're going to be begging parents to buy and then the, and the teachers love it because the teachers then there's book it's excitement about books and reading right so scholastic hate they, they deserve everything they've gotten but this is not a great time for them right now. This is, and they're they're basically. If you read their last earnings transcript, they are the, like they are preparing for a rough year. Like they're preparing for a yeah. really rough yeah. year. This, this I mean, is... look, they do they do this book fair in the fall, right? And so yeah. they're they're staring down the fall, and like I can't imagine being led on a campus right now. Yeah, so I, but can't, also, uh, like, I can't ever put this. money into this company. And by the way, I can't get a stock chart that goes all the way back to when I was in school. <laughs> but this goes back to when we were in high school and this stock has done nothing. I mean, yes, they've they've yeah. gone up and yeah. down and uh, that's not that's not the kind of trend I look well, just, for. I mean, it's got to be like a, it's got to be a pretty steady revenue source. And it's just kind of is what it is, you know, um, except for something like this happens and then they get no revenue. So yeah. when the next Harry Potter book comes out, when she announces that it's happening, or whatever, she might have already done, I don't even know. Like, that's when you want to invest in uh, Scholastic, because they own the Harry Potter, tra- they're the publisher for Harry Potter, um, you know, and a few other things like that. So I've traded them once or twice based on arbing that kind of information when you have, like, an hour to orbit right before Scholastic. And I've done really well in Scholastic. Yeah. It's just a name you need to know about, like, you know, uh, Harry Potter, Scholastic. If there's some big news for Harry Potter, you might be able to get a short trade in on Scholastic. So, like, as a social arbitrator, you have to have all of those linkages pre-assessed, right? You have to have all that. To, like, it's we call preparing your mind. You prepare for these events. Well, the same way we talk about someday, hopefully never, but probably someday, there's going to be a major earthquake again in California. You need to know exactly what you're going to do so the second that you get that tweet, boom, within 10 seconds, you're on Robinhood or Ameritrade placing your trade of California earthquake trades, right? And by the way, we should have, just have, we have, that, we should have that episode once we're done with all this, this pandemic, just so we can remind everyone what our California earthquake pandemic you know what those trades are right you should have a pandemic trade the next time uh when this is all over the the next time there's news of uh you know 2000 the the virus great virus of 2028 
Like when that happens, you should know exactly what you're going to do and be prepared, right? That's what we as social arb investors do. We prepare ourselves for scenarios. There's thousands of scenarios. And if you are prepared for those scenarios, the second that scenario starts to actually surface, you can get your trade on quicker than institutions, quicker than retail and traders that are like, huh, how should I trade this? What should I do? Let me do some research. You've done it all. So you, that's how you arb that trade cycle. Okay. And here's our here's uh, our dumb money trade board from one year ago for how we traded that, what, what, se that? 7.1 magnitude earthquake. Oh, and what a trade that was. What a trade that was. That was an aw Palomar, an awesome trade. Um, Let's see here. I'm looking education. Yeah, that, that was Palomar Holdings was the, uh, the trade we did there. Guys, I feel like the education stuff, we got it out. Like that that's my plan. I have no educate I have no online I mean no online education trades on right now, but I'm gonna closely follow Chegg yeah. and I might put a trade on. I'm gonna closely follow TU because I kind of you know, I'm probably not gonna trade them, but it's it's I want them on my radar now. I feel like that's a stock that I might potentially if I feel this thing's going to accelerate over the next five years. I think it's a stock that can continue to grow and do really well. And that's TWOU. By the way, then, this is a great time to remind everyone we're not financial advisors. Don't mirror our trades. Just think I want you to learn how to do this for yourself. Uh, this should educate you and entertain you. But your risk tolerance is different than ours. Okay? Just remember that, guys. We mean that. We don't just say that as a disclaimer. We actually mean it. Okay? Um, the, so, other, the other trades, to me are not really trades, they're investments. And, you know, I put some of them in the thumbnail. Amazon, that's where you bought all your, your back-to-school stuff. Wayfair, that's where you bought all the other back-to-school stuff, right? Target, Microsoft, well, Logitech, like Zoom. Target for, like, all the last-minute stuff that you're going to need, like Target and Amazon, those two. Uh, that's where everybody's going to be buying all their all right. random so Let's talk about this a little more philosophically. Let's just high level first, then let's dig into the names. I think each name yeah. is different here. Okay, I want and I did a little uh, meditation on this on this uh, this episode did and you? this trade uh, <laughs> <laughs> this last this last week. And one of one of the thesis that I had was this whole concept of of you know I was thinking about myself, how I think about back to school as a parent, how other people think about it. And it is a time of year that really frustrates me because my wife kind of takes a lead role in it. And what happens is she gets excited because my kids get excited. And what happens is normally during back to school, and I did a little research, and this is not just in my house, this is every household, you go out to get a few things that you think you need to get for back to school. And what happens is you end up getting a lot more stuff than you should be buying for back to school because you want your kids to be excited. You want them to have all the stuff, right? You end up getting them just way more stuff. I'm always blown away by how much money people spend back to school. You're going to the mall, right? You're just, you just do all that stuff. You go to the mall, you go to the shoe stores, and you're like, you're buying new shoes and new this and new outfits, and you're buying all this stuff. Why? Because it's in front of you during your shopping cycle. Because you're getting out. You know how crowded the malls are and Target is and like Ross, Dress for Last, all these places are for back to school. Oh, and don't they do, don't they do that um, free tax weekend or something like that here yes. in Texas? And then yes. it's a total disaster. 
Yeah, guys, here's the thing. It's a cultural thing. Back to school has become a it's like it's like Black Friday. It's become a cultural thing in terms of consumer behavior that results in probably two to three X more sales than it than it should. And so when you think about that, that's not going to happen this year, guys. What I think is going to happen this year is you're actually going to purchase just those things that you absolutely need to have for back to school. And you're probably not going to purchase a bunch of other junk just because it was sitting in front of you at the register or when you were walking through, you know, Ross Dress for Less or when you're walking through Target, like with, I'm not going to spend four hours in Target. No, if you're going to Target because you want to buy stuff or back to school, you're wearing a face mask and you're going to get in there. You're going to get what you need. You're going to get out of there. All right. You're not spending an extra two hours like my wife does walking around the store buying stuff you shouldn't be buying. Okay? But you're going to be buying things that you normally don't buy, too. Right. And so I think you can offset well, that a little bit. That. Yeah. Right. And there was actually buy, like, if you didn't have a whiteboard, if you didn't have. You know the computer so, or whatever you're going to be buying some of those let's things. Talk you didn't have. about that. There was yeah, an interest in the Discord group. Someone posted a very interesting uh, study that was done by Deloitte that talks about specifically a survey of what people are planning to do this year. And here is a graphic from that: clothing and accessories going to be down year over year. School supplies down year over year. Computers and hardware up. Electronics, up. gadgets, yeah. and subscriptions up. And home and health is unchanged because it's a new category that they haven't been able, they haven't asked in the past if you're going to spend on home and health related items, but people no. are looking Correct. to spend. Correct. So, so you know what else I thought about guys? Cause, uh, my older brother, uh, my niece, his daughter, my niece, I was talking to him. They are trying to make a decision right now, uh, about her, uh, She's going off to college this year for the first time, and I was really sad for her because I don't even know if she's going to be in the dorm or not. Uh, got into an awesome school, one of the very best. Uh, and she, I was thinking if she doesn't go to the dorm, like all the stuff that you would buy when you send your kid off to college, right? Like you get all that dorm stuff, like that stuff won't happen, right? Like all the all the stuff that you do when you go away to college, that's a tremendous. By the way. That's a tremendous you – you talk about Target, Dave. Jordan, you know how much business Target does with college-age students when they get to their college and their yeah, mom's tar yeah. local Target? Mm -hmm. and yeah, they're Target really and, buying, and like, Walmart too, yeah, for sure. Oh, my God. They're buying comforters and they're buying like just all this stuff for their dorm room. It's crazy town. Well, people are still going off to college, right? It's not as many, but – Not um, as many, people, though. Not as people, many. People are still yeah. doing it. Yeah, I don't know what the I don't know what the number the exact number is if it's yeah. like 60 70% or 50%, but it's definitely going to be off, right? From what it normally is. So I know that the average spending this year is supposed to be up across the board, but I think the reason why that is is exclusively because of electronic like people are buying uh, stuff for like big item stuff. Like yes. they're buying webcams from Logitech. They're buying, you know, MacBooks and other stuff, you a, know. A few big ticket like, items instead of a bunch of random junk that, that you typically would buy. You, you're not going to need as much. You're not going to need new clothes and uh, a trapper keeper. Is that still a thing? But you're, but you're going to need yeah. maybe a new iPad because you now are, that's how you're going to be learning. Yeah, I was reading a lot of tweets trying to figure out how people are changing their behavior 
went back to school and there are a lot of people that are like, there's no, I am not buying that, 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 and that, which is awesome. Cause they're like happy. They don't have to buy all this stuff, but a lot of people are buying, like they're going to buy webcams and let's just, let's just start running through some companies and whether yeah. we know they're good or not. Logitech is one that we've invested in back and forth throughout the summer. I'm now, I think I'm in Logitech a little bit, but I've, I've exited most of my Logitech stock. If not all of it, I, to, I think I have a small amount, maybe, uh, but I think they'll do well for back. This is obviously plays into their hand back to school. But after this semester, I think Logitech gets it's more really more about the office sales. And we talked about this. Logitech is all about small conference rooms. That's where they're generating the most uh, traction right now. That I think has the most potential to arbitrage that Wall Street isn't really appreciating in terms of back to school webcams. They'll sell a ton of them, right? But then they're done. They're done. They're done with that. Yeah, and the but replacement cycle on webcams is not. Positive, yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to trade Logitech. I'm not going to like lever in, go super long on Logitech as a back to school trade. But I, I think it's good. I think it's good for them. But I think people people know that, right? There's nothing really big there. Same thing for Apple, guys. Yeah, Apple's going to obviously benefit from back to school, but with everybody being as hyped as they are about Apple, I don't think there's anything to arbitrage in the short term on Apple when it comes to back to school. That yeah, people my, Microsoft with the Surface, I think they could do well, but again, you know, they're already, yeah. they're already way up there. So I want to throw another a ticker out that kind of is related to that world, CDW. CDW, yeah. CDW is a company. I. It's interesting, guys. So they basically are the big boy in the in the world of ordering massive amounts of hardware. So if you're ordering hardware, if you're a school district and you want to order yeah. laptops for everyone, and I've read some stories of school districts purchasing thousands to tens of thousands of laptops because of this, wanting to upgrade all their hardware, you're going to likely do that through a CDW, okay? Because they can fulfill that large order, right? Well, look, so like, um, so our, um, our girls get like iPads from the school, right? And so I wouldn't be surprised if it's a CDW that actually organizes that, puts the software on it, gets everything organized for the IT staff at the schools to do it. Because it's not just those big mass orders. They also help out with um, the whole IT infrastructure for the school district and all these things too. Um, so they yeah. really are, you know, kind of IT consultants and the mass orders for some of these schools. Um, CDW is positioned really well right now, except one thing, and it's a big thing. And this is the reason why I have not put on a trade yet for CDW. CDW does not do well in a recessionary environment if you believe or a contraction environment for corporate. So a lot of their customers, it's not just school districts. They have a ton of corporate customers, obviously. So if corporate customers are generally downsizing in any capacity and trying to kind of, you know, save money, you know, that's not an area that's an area that could hurt them over the next 12 months. And just something to think about. And I'm trying to balance. Unless, unless unless they get more orders because the people that they do keep, they're trying to outfit their homes and stuff like that to, to make sure that uh, they can do the work that they need to do. Maybe with webcams Maybe. and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's a way it, – it's I, I just don't know how like CDW is one of those brands that I feel like – didn't they used to have a printed catalog that you would get and that was like – what you would like, oh, yeah, here's how I can order a bunch of laptops for so, my Dave, here, here, office. Here's the really interesting thing about CDW is that 
So the small players are cannot afford to keep massive amounts of inventory in their channel, and CW CDW can. So in a, in a time like this, where companies are desperate to get webcams or they're desperate to get you know a certain type of laptop, CDW has leverage with uh, with manufacturers that smaller players just don't have. Yeah. So CDW is going to get in there. They're going to scoop up all of the manufacturing capacity for the things that are hot. They are going to just invest and store inventory in their massive warehouses. All right. Uh, and, and if they're making the right moves here, they can take advantage of this situation where all the tiny little versions of C- CDW around the country, they're just they just can't take advantage of that stuff. Right. So I think they're pretty in a pretty good position. I'm considering trading them. I haven't pulled the trigger yet, and it's something that I don't know. It's it's interesting, but again, I'm not like super excited. But it's an interesting back to school play when you think about these massive orders of laptops at these schools. And by the you, way, the you laptop say that though, business, but but you know, I I know that Logitech is having a hard time keeping their webcams in stock on Amazon, right? I was I just yeah. on CDW's website typed in Logitech webcam mm-hmm. and they are back ordered on all of these items mm-hmm. as well. Well, yeah, I mean they can't they they can't give something that doesn't exist and webcams are so hot 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 as you know. But, you know, when it comes whatever they do get, Dave, uh, they're doing a better job than others is all I'm saying. And if they're sold out, it's because they they had a ton of them to start with and they went through all of them. Because what CDW has is relationships. So they are connected to every company in the country, basically. And they're connected to every school district in the country. So CDW is so big and massive, they have the ins with all the customers. So they don't have to build those relationships. They're the monster in the space. So I kind of like them. And I'm, I'm thinking, I, I haven't pulled I, the trigger. I kind of don't like them. I like my Amazon trade. And look, I can buy Logitech webcams right on Amazon. Did the exact same search. You and can, I but can the buy school district is $52. I can the buy. They only the have two The school district will never buy their, they're never going to buy their stuff over Amazon. The school yep. district will only buy it through CDW because they don't even know how to open up a box and they need someone to come to their school <laughs> and consult them. This is the way you open up a laptop box and this is how you plug it into the wall. And CDW has consultants <laughs> that basically handhold all of these corporate clients and school district clients to basically tell them, hey, this is how you plug a webcam into a computer. And they could do that with all the teachers, right? And like, oh, yeah, no, you forgot to turn on the on button. And this is where the on (laughs) button is on the webcam that we sold you, right? And so what's interesting is the margins on a lot of this stuff, especially uh, laptops, as you know, are like super small, which is why the worst business to be in ever anywhere except for apple except for apple the worst business to be in is selling laptops but cdw doesn't care how small the margins are they're just going to make their margin on the transaction so they don't care that like lenovo is making a two percent margin (laughs) cdw makes whatever margin they want to make for actually you know just transacting that right and then they get services that they've put on top of yeah it's it's interesting, like, like, but you have to ask yourself, you know, someone just said in our comments, CDW is expensive. I don't look at price. I don't care about price. But what I do care about is does the market for CDW already know everything that we're discussing? And the, and, and the truth is 
for the most part, everyone that's trading C CDW kind of already does know what we're discussing. And that is why I haven't pulled the trigger. I'm really only interested in CDW if I feel that this movement is even bigger than the CDW investor base thinks it is, right? And I haven't convinced myself of that yet. Um, so, therefore, no opportunity to ARB CDW for me. And But, again, I haven't spent a lot of time on it, so I could, I could be missing something. Or you may have not realized that Amazon, my favorite company of all time, has Amazon Business, which has Ooh. a whole section dedicated to supplies and saving for education so that all the people who actually need a, like, RFP, RFD, whatever you call a proposal these days... You can you can just sign up, uh, you know, save administrators I, time, give more to students. <laughs> you, Dave, you know I love Amazon. I know they have Amazon business, but school districts are so slow to 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 get into new ways to buy stuff. They're still dealing. They're still buying. I guarantee you from their CW CDW rep. Uh, listen, in time, will Amazon take over that business? Absolutely. And that's why I own more Amazon today than I did three weeks ago, right? I told you, I bought more Amazon on that earnings. Um, I do love Amazon here, guys. I think it's just another thing. I think at the end of the day, who's the big winner from all of this? It's always Amazon, right? It's always Amazon. Always Amazon. So, yeah, it's always Amazon. Um, but there are, there are others, okay? So I do want to just talk about them real quick here. Uh Let's talk about Microsoft for a second. Let's talk. We'll talk about Microsoft more later in this episode. But just for back to school, Microsoft. Um, let's talk about the whole Zoom, Microsoft, Cisco, which is WebEx, right? So back to school. A lot of it's remote. Zoom is obviously through the roof, but that's such. That trade is so well telegraphed right now. Can I arbitrage anything on Zoom? I don't think so. How about Cisco WebEx, they're doing their thing. Obviously, they're going to benefit here, you know, from all yeah, this. Yeah, with Cisco, but, you get a lot of Cisco baggage, too. Yeah, you get so much Cisco baggage. I don't think there's anything there. Microsoft, you know. Microsoft, I'm just in, and I'm not, I'm not going to sell it anytime soon. So, you know. All I'm right, in. I'm, in, I'm in Microsoft for a totally different reason. Yeah. We'll discuss at the end of the episode. But I don't love Microsoft as a play for back to school necessarily um i don't love google obviously google has their google classroom right that is going to do really well but i don't know that they monetize that well enough for me to get all excited about trading google as a google as a back to school play either no, so i'm that's... just kind of out of all of those yeah. from a back to school standpoint i mean google, really. google has some great tools but you know their, their google hangouts is now free and their classroom product Look, is... Google, Google doesn't monetize anything well except for search. <laughs> yeah, I, they don't. That's exactly. why 99% of the revenue comes from search. Yeah. I do want to say that I do have some Zoom still, and I have kept my Zoom specifically for back to school. It's not a big position, not be, because I believe that everyone was going to pile into Zoom when we got back to school because we're going to be where we are. I'm going to keep it a little bit longer because kind of the same way I talk, I talked about our sports, back to sports, right? I think school will be back, 
and then it won't be back. I think it's going to like 73% or 75% of kids are going back to the physical classroom. I think a lot of those kids are going to get removed from the classroom over the course of the semester. And I think that's just going to be more, uh, it's going to, it's going to be more gasoline on the zoom trade, right? Do I, I don't know how zoom is valued. Is it really worth this much? I don't know. I don't care. All I care about is I think there is a likely situation where the back the in school thing falls apart more than it ever did over the course of the next five months. And when people see that happening, oh my gosh, more people on Zoom, I'm gonna go buy Zoom stock, right? So like that's my ARB there. That that's my Zoom ARB. It's not based on evaluation, it's not based on whether I think Zoom is really worth all this money. At some point this between now and December, I am definitely gonna exit out of all my Zoom. It's going to happen. I'm out. I'm going to be out of that Zoom because I don't see another accelerator happening to Zoom once we see this light at the end of the tunnel. And quite honestly, guys, I could see me putting on a pretty heavy Zoom short. I could totally see me shorting Zoom. And like Zoom could be one of my biggest shorts as soon as that like vaccine day happens. You know, we're going to have another episode on vaccine day because that will happen again. Uh, that will be a big short for me. But yeah, we haven't, we haven't had like a back and forth vaccine day, no vaccine. I mean, that seems to be kind of forgotten now because we kind you of know. know Here's the, we all have all these phase three trials, so there's nothing to talk about. It's all scenario modeling. And my scenario modeling says that the most likely scenario is that at some point in the next 90 days, schools start to shut down. Maybe not all schools. But a bunch of schools start to shut down, and then everyone's coming back at home, and then everyone's talking about Zoom again, and Zoom stock goes even higher. That's the most likely scenario to me. So, yeah, they're part of my back-to-school trade. I take it back. Well, uh, are school districts still using Zoom, or are they, have they switched to it Microsoft Teams? Are they, are they using Google? It doesn't matter. And doesn't is everyone bored of Zoom calls? I still like it. I still, prefer, I still prefer having a Zoom meeting over going to like the idea of being able to go meet someone is now just like i'd rather just have my that if it's a 20 minute meeting for me to get in the car and drive all the way down to capital factory to, to sit and then go have go have some uh water out of that upstairs kitchen and then go get, grab a snack and then wander around a little bit and wait for my meeting to well, start now that our, yeah now that our coffee shop is gone there's no reason i want to you know do yeah, that whole i don't need to go to the office do you know Guys, that I I had like six hours of meetings about a single company that I've been kind of advising that we're investing in and stuff on Friday, and it was all on Zoom. And throughout the day, like different people were popping. We were like scheduling new people to join the meeting. It had nothing yeah. to do with our meeting, but like we want to like bring this person and have a separate meeting. We popping. It's a startup, right? So we're just popping people in and out of Zoom. And I think somebody had a Zoom premium account. Otherwise, we couldn't have done that, right? Because it would cut us off after 40 minutes. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Zoom's but, cool. It's good. I just, you know, I think it's going to be a big short at some point in the next in the next few months. Okay, so. Uh, I, I, I just, wanna... I've, you know, you have your studio set up. I think it's so much more efficient. You, when uh, Jordan was doing advising startups just before this, if you can just roll through people and just. Do all of your meetings back to back. You can get an entire day's work done in two hours and then have more time to actually watch the stock market. Uh, <laughs> and agreed. like the setup, I don't know, Chris, your setup is probably even uh, funnier looking than mine. But this is, uh, this is what my, 
I get to look right into camera. I get to see where I am and I get to see you guys up on that screen. I can, I can put you guys up there. That's, that's the live show up there on that screen. And it's, it's so easy. It's such a better, it's such a better experience. And I have, you know, CNBC running up here in the corner. I can, I have my whole computer set up over here. Anymore, Dave. I literally, I, my life has improved so much since I just turned it off. I, I can't, I have not regularly watched it since April, I think, like, like late April or maybe early May. It's been great. Um, and I've been able to think so much more clearly just without that noise. And by the way, it's that stupid noise that made me miss the Sam Adams trade. I keep going back to. But, <laughs> no, I actually, you know you, I, I like you? having uh, some distraction, a little bit of background noise. And that's really what it is. But then when, when I hear that breaking news sound, I know there might be something I need to know. Did you know that, uh, that the head of Apple marketing stepped down during our show today? Oh, no. No. Phil Schiller. He's out. And I have not wow. yet been, been able to figure out what they're doing or who they're putting in his place. Did Apple get crushed on that? He's a pretty big guy with Apple. That, now it's yeah. another no. four bucks. <laughs> so um, here's the deal. I think we need to talk about retailers because some of these retailers are going to be winners uh, for back to school. Some are going to be losers. The ones that I found that I'm thinking about shorting, okay, and I haven't yet. Uh, I'm thinking about shorting GCO. Remember I talked about this company earlier in the summer? Uh, they are basically Johnson and Murphy, okay? They basically have a ton of shoe companies, all right? Okay. So my thesis, my thesis they own Journeys, Journeys, which is a big back-to-school store. Is that Genes- uh, they own Genesco? Jo- am I pulling up what? the right stock? It's, it's uh, I don't know, it's a GCO. Genesco. Um, is the, yeah, I think that's it. It's just a bunch of shoe companies. So my, and a lot of brick-and-mortar sales, lots of brick-and-mortar shoe sales. My thought is this. Like, shelter-in-place ain't going anywhere for a while. Nobody needs work shoes anymore, right? And now, on top of that, we have an anti-back-to-school or a back-to-school-at-home trade, which is, I'm not saying kids aren't going to get shoes, but I don't think they're going to get shoes uh, to the degree that they did in past years. In fact, there's another short trade that I'm contemplating, which is VF Corp. It's normally a company that I'm trading long. Uh, but this year, I might trade VF Corp down. They own Vans, one of my favorite brands in the world. Uh, Vans, early indications of uh, search traffic on Vans going to, into back to school are really depressed uh, relative to prior seasons. They also uh, own uh, North Face, too, right? North Face. And don't you think, Jordan, there's going to be less skiing this year than than, than in past years? Has and I'm, right. mixed, I'm mixed on this one, right? Because it you get people that they don't necessarily have to be at school, right? So there's there's going to be some portion of the population that's like, go remote learn in a Tahoe, right? Um, and then they go yeah. buy their uh, they go yeah. buy their, their ski stuff. True. In that's fact, actually- I've actually had that thought. I'm like, you know what? We could we could do that third nine weeks uh, in the winter, and then. Uh, Go to Vail or something. I don't know. Go, go ski. Because then you can ski during the week, and then you're not stuck on like vacations and weekends, and hopefully you get a better experience. But then it, everybody's going to think it, about that, and it's going to be packed. Yeah. If they even open that stuff, though, you know, they might not open the, the ski resorts if it's if it's if they get if we get. The only spiked. reason that they would not open them is that there's a state order. Those things are too big of cash cows for them to close. They're not going to close it unless the state, like Colorado and New Mexico, say no way. Yeah. Yeah, um, true, true. Um, I don't know. I think people still need to get. You're right. I mean, I I don't know. The thing is, 
And it's not just people skiing buying North Face. I mean, that's a ridiculous thing. People that buy North Face. Yeah. Hey, I mean, look, your only danger is the lift. And that's only at places that have the big gondola lifts, right? So, like, Heavenly and those guys. But anybody that's got an open air lift, I'd be like, it's probably fine. Yeah, but here's And you're wearing gloves and. Yeah. Yeah, and you're wearing masks. But here's here's the thing the North Face trade is really all about weather. It's about people in, in cold climates that want to buy a new jacket. The main reason they want to buy the new jacket is one for fashion and two because they like having a new warm jacket for the winter. And if people are not leaving their houses, which they're not, um, they might decide to spend that money on technology or better food, getting ordered in, than ordering another North Face jacket. And like a lot of times, I know Adrian just bought the girls a couple of North Face jackets uh, online because they were on crazy sale. Well, that's odd that they're on crazy sale right now because now is generally when they're yeah. not on sale. Well, that's another potential red flag, so we might want to look into that. Maybe, but I mean, look, you still have to get outside, right? I don't think people are going to totally abandon getting the new coat because you're stuck inside all the time. You've got to get out, right? You're not going to buy work for- clothes. You're not going to buy school clothes, but you're still going to like go out and play but in the snow. Here's the thing. Play. Most people have a coat it's a matter of do you want a fancy, cool new coat to show off? Because when you're going outside, you're probably not going outside as much with in, a, in a, with events and other people, and like you're not interact. The reason why people buy a lot of this stuff is because of their interactions with other people that they want to look good for other people they're interacting with. Because if you're not doing a lot of interaction, then you probably are not super motivated to like buy the new jacket. If you're going on a girls' trip, for example, with all your girlfriends. You want to buy the new North Face jacket or whatever it is. Yeah, and I guess there's going to be like no, there's going to be no corporate promo type stuff either. They're not making, uh, you know, like your corporate wear that's North Face. That's not going to be happening. No, right? Like there's just that's a down. But here's the thing: Vans has been like the hottest brand for VF Corp for years and years, and I have, man, no one's been on top of the Van story like I have. I've been trading this stock. For so many years on Vans, I love I love the Vans brand. You love Dan Daniel. The, the Dan Dan. I mean, I this has been a trade for us so many times, and this is the first time I've really felt negative about Vans going into back to school. I'm just not seeing it. Uh, Vans is a company where if you're if you're at the mall and you're circling the mall, you're going to end up getting a pair of Vans if you're in a certain age group, right? You're just going to do it. You're going to get a couple pair of Vans. And right now, Vans is a company that they love having that mall traffic. Now, they do great online traffic as well. But again, if for the 25% of kids or 30% of kids that are not going back to school, that they're not going to be as motivated to get a new pair of Vans or to beg their parents to get them, you know, let them get a new pair of Vans. They're going to probably beg their parents for some technology or something else, right? Like a new webcam. So I'm not saying that like VF Corp is going to get crushed uh, this quarter, but I don't love that. I don't love their positioning. And no else I don't love that shoe company I brought up. That was the one I initially brought up. I don't love uh, who's who's buying Johnson Murphy online. No, you're buying them because you're rolling around the mall. Right. I mean, I still can't believe they exist in general. But you're rolling around the mall and do people still go to real jobs with suits and business shoes. Is that no, so no. Out people of, are wearing so sweatpants and uh, jogging shorts. <laughs> Is, are, are any of you wearing pants right now? I'm wearing shorts. The, I'm wearing no. basketball shorts. I mean, I'm we do that. Nicer. We do that even outside of yeah. pandemic times. We're just running around like shoes hobos. I've worn two years of Tom's. 
I just feel like this is a company uh, that I think is so anti the cultural shift that's happening right now uh, that even a lot of like, you know, uh, businessmen, I <laughs> know businessmen, I mean, you know, I used to be one of those people. I used to go, I used to wear the suit. I used to wear the shoes. Like, well, look, they have, they have a, a casual like collection. Life. Apparently, look, this, this dude is, yeah. is, uh, rocking his, uh, I don't know. That looks way too dressed <laughs> I, up to be sitting on your patio with, they're, a, with they're some grapes. Trying, they're trying. <laughs> I remember when I used to be a businessman. Okay. I remember a when I used to be man. a businessman, I used to get dressed up like a businessman every day. Um, I just think that this cultural shift that's happening right now due to the virus and shelter in place is accelerating the movement. <laughs> this is this is the modern <laughs> businessman, apparently. That's he wears short shorts. <laughs> oh my gosh. They're trying, man. They're trying so hard to like like, you know, evolve. But the truth is people aren't taking those meetings. Like I'm taking meetings with a lot of people that are, you know, dressed cool like that. And they're not dressing like that for the meetings I'm in because they're just on a Zoom and all I see is their face. I just had no so, idea that they I, even were trying anymore. I just I thought of them as like an old shoe brand that you can only find at the mall. Of course they're trying. They're trying. So here's the deal, Dave. Uh, Journeys is is another one of their brands, and Journeys is absolutely a mall store. Okay, like when I think a mall store that like destroys it for back to school, I think Journeys. Journeys is a store that every parent from the East Coast to the West Coast to Middle America, you're taking your kids to the mall and you're just like, okay, let's get all of our stuff. And your bratty Journeys? twelve-year-old, I've never even heard of Journeys. Oh, what? That's where you is buy that, your Is that vans. something we have locally? Yeah, That's where man. I bought my yeah. vans when I was a kid. That's right. So your which mall? Which mall kid, has a Journeys here? Yeah, every mall, the, all the malls have maybe not North Park because that's like a frou frou mall for us. You know, where did us, like Chris? Where did you send me at the Galleria to get my Hey Dude shoes? Probably Journeys, man. They have a Journeys at really? North Park actually too, Dave. I think I might have sent you to Journeys. Even at North Park, they have it. Huh. So Journeys is where you get your Hey Dudes. That's where okay. you go. Um, Journeys is just working on Tom's with Hey Dudes. <laughs> Dude, Hey Dudes. I listen. I love Tom's. So much better than Tom's. No comparison. Hey Dudes are the greatest. Can we get Hey Dudes as a sponsor? I just want to have a reason. <laughs> Guys, if you haven't seen Hey Dudes are the world's most comfortable shoe. These. Nothing compares. They weigh like half an ounce. Like, like, like literally you can lift them with like one finger. They're just nothing but like the lightest foam that, that you can make. Those are Hey Dudes. Yep. Uh, they have like a thousand different styles of Hey Dudes. I am obsessed with them. I, have I just like think they're clunky looking compared to Tom's. I like the, no, 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 I like no, no, the no. slim profile of the Tom. Jordan, they have Hey Dudes in every style you could imagine. Every style. They have Hey Dudes for you. As long as anyway, you like the styles that are going across the screen, which kind of all look the same. I don't. <laughs> no, they no they're lot. actually they, super those, comfortable. They, they make fake Birkenstocks? Is that, no, is those are the ones that Journeys carries, and a lot of those are probably exclusive to Journeys. If you go to Hey Dudes, the website, they oh, have those are actual Birkenstocks. Crazy <laughs> selection. Um, anyway, the bottom line, what matters is less people at brick-and-mortar malls, less less bratty kids pulling you into, into Journeys to buy shoes and, like, other random stuff they sell at Journeys, man. By the way, if I never I, go to a mall again, I will be so happy. Yeah. Here's the thing, Dave. If, if you're buying Hey Dudes or you're buying Vans online, 
you're probably buying them at vans.com, right? Or like, hey, if I'm going to buy Hey Dudes, I'm going to heydudes.com. I'm not going to Journeys. Uh, if I'm going to buy Vans, I'm going to vans.com. I'm not going to Journeys. So I think this company potentially really gets punished here for back to school, back to work, whatever. That's not going to happen. David just said those Hey Dude shoes look like old people's shoes, and I agree with you. Oh, David. man. Do you, know, do you know what makes them look like more oh, old people's shoes is the, uh, the new look that Chris was rocking just the other night. Hey dudes a, with socks, dude. I, hey dudes with like socks that came up to my knee. They're super cool socks, by the way. And I think that is a great look. I'm sorry, that is that is a that's a look that maybe other people haven't caught up with yet. I'm a maybe. no sock look person. I like the no I sock too, generally. But when you have as many mosquitoes that we have in our front yard, I'm wearing socks. socks. Don't stop the mosquito, man. The only thing that yes, stops the mosquito is you got to move out of where you live because they are they've taken over. Their population is a hundred times what the human population is there. Uh, I know, but but I, the socks do help. I promise you, they help. Okay, so I don't love I don't love that shoe company, Dave. You know who else I don't what, really what's, love? What's the symbol for that shoe don't, company again? G C O. G C O. I have not shorted so, them yet. So what I, what I wanted shorted. to show you guys is look at the G C G C O chart, and let me pull up Simon yeah. Properties. Because it is the identical chart. Just watch it for the second when it flashes. That to that. It's the exact same chart. <laughs> oh my god, that is insane. That what is about insane. hey, what about uh, what about another favorite jacket brand? Canada oh, Goose. Oh, Canada Goose. Don't love and, them. Is anybody buying those uh, in the pandemic? I don't you know, here's well, the they thing sell about. mostly Euro, right? And the Euro's uh, kinda of back, aren't they? Yeah, no, they're not mostly Euro. They're a Canadian company. Um, and here's the thing about I haven't honestly I haven't took done a deep dive into Canada Goose yet. Uh, that will be more of like my winter trade. I'll get into that in a few weeks. But the thing is, Jordan, the the Canada Goose has a very small market of really wealthy people buying that stuff. But wealthy and people aren't out shopping right now. Is my only like that's the thing. Is not. They're not out. But Canada Goose does a lot. They potentially could do a lot of direct sales, D to C, uh, through their website, and like because people know that brand, they shop it, and I could potentially see people just because they're not buying short Canada Goose at Canada Goose stores. There's not a ton of those. They're buying a lot of it online anyway. That yes, you can buy it from Neiman's and stuff like that. I'm not ready to say that they're going to get slaughtered yet. I also think they properly probably manage their inventory for kind of a junky. Uh, winter yeah. and i'm sure the stocks is down anyway i think we should just start correcting you know chris every time he says uh something wrong or the wrong word it's canadian not canada goose canadian goose it's canada goose canadian goose canadian goose canada I goose can i thought it was canada goose am i wrong are you sure it's I canada could be wrong canada goose dave it's not canadian. yeah canada goose Canada, Canada Goose, hold it. I know my Canada Goose. Yeah. <laughs> I traded that stock so aggressively the last couple of years. We Didn't we do an episode? Oh, we did an episode on Montclair. Yeah. And we talked about Canada Goose for dumb money. That was a fun episode, by the way. We got kicked out of Neiman Marcus oh, for so filming. Uh, I loved it. It is Canada uh, Goose. I don't, love, I don't love DSW either. Like, DSW is another one right now that I feel like, I feel like they do a ton of sales in brick and mortar, just because people are there, they want to buy one pair of shoes. They end up buying three. They're like a shoe uh, barn or something, right? Shoe, same thing. Yeah, same yeah. thing. I think they're they're too brick and mortar centric. 
Nike, don't super love Nike. I'm not saying I would short them. I'm just like, these are stocks a lot of people think of for back to school. I'm not loving Nike. They'll do fine. I just don't think they're going to do as well as normal because there's not 28 million kids in the mall who are like, oh, I want those Nike shoes. I got to have them, got to own them, right? They're at Dillard's or at the Nike store. Hey, mom controls it right now. She's not getting the pressure, right? So she can just buy them, like, you know? Yeah, you're not. She can just say, oh, here's your choices, and they're both closeout models. Yeah, you're not getting that in-person pressure. And by the way, if you're not leaving the house, do you you know how much money my family spends on shoes this month normally for back to school? And I'm just thinking of this. I'm not even sure if we're buying shoes for our kids right now because our shoes aren't going – our kids aren't going back to school. When is the last time you even wore shoes? I have not worn shoes in weeks. I put flip-flops on to walk around the block. I wore shoes on the uh, porch the other night, so that's that's wrong. Yeah, man, I I wear shoes, but Dave, I'm not like – I'm not really motivated to go out and get new shoes like I normally am because I'm a shoe guy. I do kind of like shoes like I like – and I like my uh, my winter Uggs. I'm really into like some of the male Uggs that they make. Oh, uh, I'm always checking out. Uh, I'm always checking out their new styles. I love them, but I'm just not motivated because I'm not going anywhere, dude. Like yeah. I'm telling you, when I'm on the move, I'm vacationing. I'm doing that. I'm going out to places constantly. I want to have a cool pair of boots. I want to have a, you know, like I'm just not caring about that stuff. It's an emotional state of mind, and I think I'm not the only person thinking like that right now. And I think because of that, some of these brands and some of these places are going to get potentially killed. So uh, are there there companies that are going to win, though? Uh, Maybe. What do we we talk about the – like we want – we'll go back to the same companies everyone's talking about, Target, right? The the companies that you're just – you're just so naturally prone to shopping there during the pandemic that maybe that's if you're going to get back to school, if you are going to get something, you're just going to get it from the place you're getting deliver, delivery from anyway, right? Well, that's what I like about Target, right? So like last minute, you could just jump on their website and say, I want you know this bin for my books or whatever. I want this, this, and this. And then you drive to the parking lot and they just throw it in the back of your car. You don't have to wait two days like you do on Amazon. You can just have it immediately, right? If you're not buying it from Amazon – you're going to buy it from Target or Walmart. Yeah, because they kind of have it figured out. They become a little bit of a go-to place for the pandemic, right? And you're just it's in your mode of operation. You're not going to the mall, but you are going to Target, right? Yeah. You're going to Target. That's like your go-to place for the pandemic. And I think... Well, because if you're comfortable like, going in, you can go in, but you don't have to. You could just drive up and they'll throw the stuff in the back of your car um, and you can have it the same day. Yeah, I don't know that I'm hyped enough on them to really do a, an ARB trade going in the back to school. And, you know, quite honestly, guys, I, I really went into this back to school research process, started a couple weeks ago, hoping I would come up with something really interesting and that I get really excited about. And I'm just not seeing anything. It's a no brainer here. Yeah. I'm not, I haven't found any, there's nothing that's high commission. I do want to mention. Like there's these junky stocks, like one's called Boxlight, B-O-X-L. I like like running away from these stocks at a million miles an hour. Like <laughs> they have some Samsung partnership. It's a micro cap. It's a $70 million company. I want to take this. I want to take this as an opportune time to talk about shelf registrations and what that means. Because this is there are these companies like, like B-O-X-L, Boxlight, 
that are getting really hyped because of the whole back to school thing, distance learning, right? Or and all of a sudden they're valued at like seventy million. They file for a shelf registration, right? Um, they're, they're like a hot Robin Hood stock for the education world. And now what they're going to do is they're just going to raise money, right? So they're just going to doing- take advantage of this artificial pop to raise money. And that is a red flag because unless it's a company that really has a lot of like a cult following, like a Nicola, 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 Nicola. I still don't know how to say it. Uh, unless it's a company like that, that can maybe where the hype create something real because they're able to raise so much money that who knows maybe well, look, they can so they're, they're a 70 million cap company and they're going to raise 30 million insane like that's a lot yeah they're raising 50% i mean percent of their value it's crazy listen the bottom line is you know what happens then everybody gets diluted then the thing get the, the people that give them that money or are, are at the, simultaneously shorting the stock so like okay we'll 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 buy those shares at an 18% discount to what it's trading at while we're simultaneously shorting it basically locking in a gain and there's a lot of companies there's a lot of funds they're in the business of doing this and the people that get screwed are you know the retail traders so I am zero interest in that stuff yeah uh, but I know that some people are likely thinking about that if they're watching this channel and we're talking about back to school or just I look, just, if, you're, if you're ever looking at a company and they're raising half their market cap, it might be a red flag. Um, agreed. Agreed. But there are some – listen, Dave, this is one that I know you've been interested in. I want to ask you about it. Someone, and honestly, I feel like I'm, I, I'm always too late on this trade. Someone said, how about back-to-school dating match, right? Yeah. Uh, match.com. How about, how about back so, – so people, I think – that there has to be a drought of dating. And I kind of agree that like people have got to be desperate to get back into the dating game, right? You've been at some point, isn't this a company, Dave? And aren't you invested in them? Don't I they am. kind of win? Don't they win now and they win bigger later? I think isn't that, it like they just, they just, I think they're going to keep winning because they own pretty much every dating site in the world. Not really, but they they've bought on they've bought them. They're a bunch of different brands. Matches the one that seems serious, but they have plenty of fish and they have uh, what's the swiping one? The Tinder, oh, the Tinder. big one. Yeah, so they have they they basically own the dating market. And when Isn't we're Grinder also, what I don't know. Do I mean, they? they don't have Bum, uh, Bumble or whatever. No, they or Bumble's different. Out of Austin. But they're yeah. they're just basically they they are that world, and I think we're living in a time when everyone is either at home or wanting to meet people or wanting to take an opportunity when they're not leaving the house to find someone that they might want to hang out with when when they do decide to go out. Or I think I think that the dating site keeps winning. And let's, yeah, I let's, think like what I've heard is that people are keeping their accounts um, because it's like what you still have to you got to play the game, man. You yeah. got to play the game. You got to stay sharp. Um, but I think once people get back to college now, I think, gosh, like the, a lot of these kids, they've just been in quarantine, right? Because their parents, their families are guilting them into not going out. Now they're at college. They're like, no, no, but They're no, just no, hanging I, out I with their very start. close group of friends and the same people. And if they want to yeah. meet someone new, it's hard to you're not you're not going to a bar to meet people new right now. Right. You're going on Tinder. You're swiping around. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, man, I, 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 I totally agree. So I hate saying this, guys, but like I'm not walking away 
from this back to school episode with any slam dunks. I think we have some interesting things to watch. Yeah. I love. I still love Amazon here. I think. I think Logitech's probably okay. Um, I'm gonna watch Chegg. I think it's interesting. I'm glad I was forced to study these companies because I came out of it wanting to, to closely watch Chegg. I do think I am going to short uh, Johnson and Murphy Journeys GCO. I'm probably gonna put on a small short there, guys. Um, I might. Uh, oh, by the way, back to school at home or back to homeschool. I, this is transitioning into what I want to talk about, Activision. I love Activision. You know I love Activision. You know I love this gaming stuff. I think the gaming companies only win in this new environment where 30 to 40% of the kids are staying at home, rather at school, because guess what my kids are going to be allowed to do during recess, maybe. Uh, they might be allowed if, if it's raining outside or something like that. I might say, okay, you can have video time, game time for recess, right? Uh, after school, my kids are not playing sports this semester. I know some kids are, but my kids aren't. And you know what? I'm probably going to allow them to play uh, Fortnite at, when, when school is over because it's a way for them to connect with their friends and just blow off some steam from being behind, a, a, a you know, from one computer to another, right? Yeah, one it's a way one screen to, to the if, next. If the weather's bad, and listen, there's a lot of part of the country, guys, we got to remember, you know, there's a lot of this country in the wintertime, it's, you can't just go outside and play, right? It's either raining or snowing or cold or whatever. So, And these kids are not playing sports. They're not going to a gym on the, for playing basketball, the stuff they would normally do. And a lot of them, I think video gaming is going to see another crazy strong season, man. I think they're going to continue to kill it, quite honestly. I love my Activision. Well, Activision's I up today. going into earnings. Well, and, and earnings are tonight after, after hours. Yep. So. Expecting yep, sixty-eight I, I, cents I, earnings, and the, I I think that that's I mean that's a good play. I'm not in it, but um, we saw that Take Two jumped already. Uh, Take Two had earnings yesterday. They had they had good earnings. Um, I think Activision. I like them even more. I love Take Two. I like Activision. Uh, but listen, I love gaming. I want to be. I, that's a that's part of my back to school trade is gaming. It really is, and. To an extent, you can make a case that the Xbox is going to have a great season with back to school because of the uh, Microsoft, excuse me, because of Xbox and Sony because of the PS5. Uh, I'm not trading. Do you own any Sony? Do you own any Sony, Chris? I I don't own any Sony. Yeah, I don't either. I don't don't own Sony. I'm playing this through Activision because I prefer to play microtransactions. I'm a big, big believer in these microtransactions. I see it every day in my house. My kids are obsessed. They're addicted to buying these stupid virtual outfits on Fortnite. <laughs> You're trying and to get some it. of your uh, so, digital outfit budget back by investing in Activision. That's exactly correct. That's exactly That's correct. all you're doing there. So <laughs> that's, that's all I'm doing there. So I love Activision. I love them going into earnings. Uh, what else I've written down here? Mm-hmm. Oh, huh. did you short, did you, were you short um, Taylor Brands? Chris, mm, I never, just, you I never, never did it because they just filed bankruptcy. Wait, who's this? Taylor Brands, so like Men's Warehouse and uh, Josie. Oh Bank. yeah, yeah, no, I never did it. I wanted to. Remember, yeah. I desperately yeah. wanted to. And I, yeah, I should have, but I didn't. I did not. Uh, guys, we got. Yeah. Oh wait, is Vista Outdoor earnings tomorrow? How did we not know that? How do we not know that? 
that's exciting and kind of scary uh, considering how much we're up in Vista Outdoors, <laughs> right? I mean, it's kind of scary. Vista Outdoors has oddly become a seven-figure position for me. I never thought that was going to happen. Not because I invested seven <laughs> figures, because I almost doubled my money in the stock in like three months. It's insane. Yeah, I Absolutely. I sold mine already, so I'm I'm ashamed to to admit that uh, it's going to be uh, pre-market, not tomorrow, but the next day. Um, a little update on Gan. Uh, Listen, everything that we said was going to happen with sports is happening with sports. Yeah. Sports started and then it started to unravel even before it started. So like we never we got a little bit of that hype on sports and the online casinos popped for like a day and then they've been going straight down ever since then as the world finally starts to realize that uh, sports might not happen or might not be back entirely. I sold most of my GAN between 25 and 28, 27. I still own 20, 25,000 shares of it right now, uh, but and I, I'm going to hold it here. But I, I sold most of it because of that reason. And we talked about it in that episode. I always said I was going to lighten my GAN to 10 to 30,000 shares, and I have. So Wayfair earnings are tomorrow. God, there's so much going on. We're in earnings this season. Week, yeah, there's, it's, it's a busy time. By the way, Wayfair's a back to school trade. Yeah, Wayfair. Yes. I was about to say because you got those desks. I, I bought Wayfair, didn't you, Chris? Wayfair. I bought them. That was what I, how did I not mention that? Did you buy I stock? I bought them a little while ago. I bought the stock because when I bought those two desks, I was like, "That's it. I'm. I, I got to at least make enough money to buy those desks to, to pay for those desks that we bought for my kids. That we're going to basically give to charity the second this thing is over because I don't need two desks in the house. So I bought Wayfair. Um, it's been doing really good since I bought it. It's like, can this stock continue to go higher? I mean, I don't, I know that they can continue to do better because people just, you know, we liked them earlier in the year because of patio furniture, right? We liked them because of people doing yeah. office stuff. And now I like them because of back to school. People are literally setting up school stuff in their house. Like they're, it's all about these desks and stuff. So yeah, I, I, I like I like Wayfair. I don't love it. It's not a high conviction. It's not really even a medium conviction for me. But it is it is happening this week. Um, anything else we need to touch on, guys, before we oh we gotta we gotta talk about what we've been teasing the whole episode: Microsoft and TikTok. Yes. This is important, guys. So I I thought about this: should I trade it? Should I not trade it? I traded it. I traded it the second that Microsoft. Uh, open in the pre-market okay this is pre-market trade on monday i bought microsoft it was up about four dollars i think it closed the day up nine bucks so so far it's good trade but then it's back it's down today i think right here's why like 212 right now i think somewhere in there okay so but here's why i obviously the sentiment on this tiktok trade is positive if they can pull it off the market showed us that yesterday right yeah so then the only question you have to answer is not whether you think it's good or not, but whether you think the deal is going to get done or not. I think the deal is going to get done. Microsoft is, as we all know, is cash rich and they don't have anything in this space. And now you're telling me they have the ability to pick up a TikTok? And Are now you... they just overnight, they're competing with Twitter and bigger, they're competing with Facebook. Yes. Now, I don't actually think TikTok has I think it's a very different type of platform. I don't. They don't have the social graph 
to the degree and the data that that uh, Facebook obviously has. Or, uh, but but they have a stickiness I, factor that you cannot deny. They are like yes, you can scroll through it endlessly. I don't even care about that. Here's the only thing I care about. I, you know, I love TikTok. I've been talking about TikTok before it was TikTok. I, I love TikTok. I love it. I've always loved TikTok. But here's the thing, Dave. All that matters is that people like this deal. So if you could answer the question, do you think this deal is going to get done? And I think the deal is going to get done because Microsoft has every incentive to get the deal done. They have the cash to get the deal done. And TikTok is being strong-armed, whether we think that's fair or not, by the U.S. government. Because if they don't get a deal done, they're saying they're going to close it down September 15th. It is the craziest so story TikTok I've ever heard. This whole thing is insane. When we, we even talked about it. Can we even shut it down? We talked about that weeks ago. And apparently, if you say we're going to shut it down, we do. Well, how, Listen, how does, how, Dave, if you're TikTok right now and Microsoft, because Microsoft's a bit of a pushover. They're going to pay a lot of money for it, right? And Microsoft is going to pay all this money just for the American TikTok. It's like American or Australian Canada or something like that, right? Yeah. And New Zealand, right? Something weird like that. You got to sell here, Dave, right? You got to sell because do you want the tail risk of potentially that being worth zero when you can get, I don't know if it's 30 billion or 40 billion that they're going to pay. I don't even know what the number is. But if you can get 30 to 40 bill cash. Yeah in your pocket and your TikTok, right? You gotta hit you gotta take it, right, Dave? You gotta take it. I guess it's, it's just it, it just it's makes no sense to me that that a government, our government, is going to say we're not going to allow one specific app any other app from that country we're going to allow to keep going. Other apps that the FBI has put on their watch list. No, I mean of, they've shut down other things before and they'll they'll continue to do that, right? Um I mean, look at the what? What's the what did they shut the down? Chip maker, the face, face app is still an app. Many, you can still get face apps. Jordan, there are literally thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of Chinese app, Chinese apps on the App Store. Like it's insane. Like in aggregate. And by the way, those yeah, but this one's big enough to catch the eye of the president. You know what I mean? Like the the rest of them are yeah. It's, but that uh, there was a there was a there was a TikTok bomb that basically ruined his little Tulsa rally, and they they all the TikTokers bought tickets or, or signed up for tickets as fast as they could, and then he thought he was going to have a crazy big rally, and then all of a sudden it was empty, and they had to tear down the outside overflow stage. Oh, you, and think, you think that's what's pushing I this think thing? that is so what has pushed this day. thing. Yeah. Okay. He's he has a grudge against a single yeah. company. The same way he doesn't like Amazon, and the same way he, I mean, it's it's like, it's a yeah. very Here's strange political system where we're going to pick one company and say, even though we know that this uh, face face app was this Russian app that that basically the FBI said, well, we know now that uh, we don't want, you know, we know that we should be be wary of all of these uh, apps that are coming out of Russia that are storing facial recognition data. Um, this one, we're going to shut down one app that happens to be one of the most popular social networks in the world right now. And we're going to say, no, we're not going to pull the plug and, and you can't do it unless you set the, the analogy that I saw somewhere on Twitter was that would be like if China, the government of China 
told Apple, you know what, Apple, you no longer can sell iPhones in this country, and we're not going to allow you to make them in this country either, unless oh, wait, unless saw, you just, sell yeah. the iPhone, just sell iPhone, just the iPhone division to a, a Chinese company or the Chinese government, and then you can continue yeah, to I, operate. Yeah, I agree with that, Dave, I'm, but I'm more of a free enterprise person myself, but somebody, I just saw a comment cruise across that said, somebody forced Grindr to sell, is that, were they a Chinese company? Um, I don't know any of the history of that. I just, I have to... I, I don't to, know. You're very interested know. in that app today, though, Jordan. <laughs> Is our friend... Uh, didn't, didn't our friend Terrence use it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no comment. Oh, man. All right. Oh, yeah. Look, Grindr is owned by a Chinese firm, and the U.S. is trying to force it to sell. That was in 2019. So, yeah, that might have been a... Trying to force it to sell, but not, not putting a deadline. Uh, uh, you have to have it done by September. Oh, and by the way, you have to pay a pay a finder's fee to the, to the Treasury because we're um, forcing this deal to go through so quickly. Hey, Jordan, if you're the Chinese government and you want to spy in the U.S. or do whatever, it is so much easier to do it through the 10,000 junky Chinese apps that are collectively reaching just as many people that have no security or know anything on them than it is through TikTok. But uh, just, just from a... Anyway, I don't even care. Bottom yeah. line is... Well, and, and we're getting a lot of comments. China banned Facebook. China has banned Google. You know, China banned anything free speech related. True, true, true. So... Here's the deal. I don't even care about any of that. All I care about is I believe that the deal is going to get done. Now, it's not a guarantee, but I believe it's going to get done. I also believe that the market loves this deal. Therefore, um, I think it's a slam dunk. Uh, I love the edge going into a Microsoft trade between now and September 15th. I think Microsoft rallies on the news when they get the deal done. Um, I think they get a deal done, and when they get the deal done, I think it rallies. That's my trade in Microsoft. That's why I own Microsoft. That's why I bought it. Um, I will trade it through the deal. When the deal is done, I'll reassess and figure out if I still want to own Microsoft for other reasons. Okay. Um, long term, is this is this? Could you? Do we feel that Microsoft has the capacity to take this TikTok U.S. division and do anything interesting with it? Hell no, I don't. No, I think no, I think I Microsoft don't. has the ability to screw it up and make it not appealing anymore. Imagine, imagine uh, the first integration where you can have your TikTok. Um, have your your PowerPoint presentation or your Excel spreadsheet shared by TikTok, and they start to integrate that. That's going to be a, a, uh, an awesome feature. Imagine when you can integrate all of your LinkedIn contacts and invite them to your TikTok feed. No, there, there's just yeah, I agree. I agree. Microsoft doesn't have the mojo for what monetize a social network has been uh, Facebook, I and mean, they've monetized the heck out of that thing. Uh, but Jordan, uh, Microsoft has done. I mean. With LinkedIn, so disappointing. They no, got no, that's LinkedIn. that's my point. That's my point. Is that the only the only social network that's really geared for monetization is Facebook because of the breadth of things yeah. that it does. TikTok does one little thing, and you don't want an yeah. ad showing up. You want to you want to be branded and, and if you're, watch if, people do funny dances. If you're not good yeah. at uh, if you're not good at social networks, you're not going to be able to take a successful one and make it better. You could let it continue, not screw it up too much not let it die on the vine like vine did um you you could actually you could actually have multiple years of success with tiktok before it loses its audience or people eventually migrate away 
but I'm yeah, in Microsoft I, I for different reasons. I, I think Microsoft is a company. You know, they're going to be a core holding for forever because they're just they are the software on all of the devices I don't like. But like you know, well, most people aren't like me. Most people aren't Apple only. Like they've got the Azure cloud. They've got the cloud. Know, bit. So they've got yeah. a lot of things going for them, right? Um, okay, so Jeremy Levin says they have 1.5 trillion. They will hire the right people. It's, it just doesn't work quite like that in big business, unfortunately. Um, you can't throw money. Uh, it's just it. The, working in big in big, these companies, they have major issues with innovation. Uh, think think about Google. In, think about Google again, Plus and how many. Innovate. Think about how many years Google had Google Plus trying to make that into a social network, and they just aren't good at it. Think about Apple and that music-based uh, social network that Apple tried to start all around uh, iTunes, and that never took off. Think about Yahoo. And by the way, Yahoo Dave, started four different social networks at the same time, and none of them stuck around. Right? And I think yeah, they bought yeah. they bought one. It, it's 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 a no go for me. I listen. I think the market's going to love it, so I don't really care. I'm going to yeah. trade this thing through the acquisition through the date when it says it happens. Hopefully, it happens, and uh, boom, I'm I'm out. And I might even lever up with some options uh, between now and then. But the, I think it's a great trade. Look, Robinhood has showed me that the Robinhood the Robinhood investors love the deal. Oh yeah, and so that they love the rumor of the deal. I think they're going to love the actual deal when it gets done. Well, even and in- Wall Street will like. I think Wall Street is so backwards. They're going to think it's a oh wow, Microsoft's going to compete with Facebook. I mean, these guys they don't know what the hell they're doing. They're, Wall Street will love the deal when it gets done. Yeah. Oh, they stole the company because of you know the, the administration strong arm on paper. It's an awesome opportunity, right? It's like it's it's a once in a lifetime opportunity, yes. and so it makes sense that you would want to run up Microsoft on this news, and I get it, and that's why I'm in Microsoft. But long term, I don't. I don't I'm know just in Microsoft for long term. I don't think that the, I think it would be great if some positive bump happens in the stock because of this whole TikTok acquisition, but I'm not going to be selling my Microsoft when TikTok either does or does not happen. Like you're you're basically in Microsoft for a short term. I'm in Microsoft because I think Microsoft is going to be one of the global winners, right? Yeah. And by the yeah, way, Microsoft no. has already proven their ability to screw up a social network when they bought the uh, gaming streaming platform uh, Mixer, right? And they paid, they paid <sighs> what's his name? Uh, uh, Nitro, what's his name? No, it's not. What? what? I can't remember his name, but they paid him like oh, some crazy $2 million. Ninja, Ninja? Ninja? not Nitro, Ninja. They paid him all this yeah. money to be the exclusive brand ambassador and, and move his stuff that from Twitch. Quick. They just shut it down. They pulled the plug and said, oh, by the way, we, we want you to keep playing our game. So please go use Twitch because we're shutting yeah. it down. That was the best, that was the best uh, influencer payday ever, I think, where he basically got paid for a year-ish of being uh, under contract with them. By the way, I want to talk about another short trade of mine I didn't talk to you guys about yet. Um, it's interesting. It's it's not like this like undiscovered short trade. A lot of people are doing It's Planet Fitness. Planet Fitness uh-huh. is, uh, they have earnings tonight or tomorrow or something like that. You know what's fascinating? They are not allowing people to cancel. They are such jerks. So basically, I've been on Twitter. If you type in on Twitter, uh, Planet Fitness cancel, there are so many people talking that are trying to cancel right now, and they can't because they're making them come into the gym in person to cancel 
or you have to send a certified letter, which means you got to go into a post office. I mean, dude, I think this is a reputation killer for them. And what's happened was, so there's a lot of people that have been kind of keeping their membership because every time you try to cancel, they tell you, well, we're just going to freeze your membership. We're going to freeze your membership. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. And then a lot of these gyms have been like all of a sudden charging people and they're like, screw you, I'm going to, I'm canceling, I'm out of here. And then they're like, well, you can't cancel unless you come in or it's like, it's going to be, it's getting really bad. Okay. So here's the thing. Earnings are this week. I think they're going to manipulate earnings. I think they are going to, Hey, everything's fine because we've only had this many cancellations. Oh, what I wouldn't do to be an analyst on that call to get to ask the question. Well, I've been on Twitter and it seems like thousands of people are trying to cancel and you won't let them, even ones that are immunocompromised, because you're telling them they have your your individual gyms are saying you must come in to our gym to cancel or go to a post office. How evil are you, first of all, okay, for doing that? And how much are you just BSing us about the number of cancellations because people can't figure out how to cancel, okay? I think that so they're thing is basically ready to so, so, maybe. so I'm reading just the FAQ on their website. How do I cancel? And it says, while the locations are closed, we've proactively frozen memberships on your behalf. You will not be charged until the club until your club reopens. We hate to see you cancel. You can send a certified letter uh, to your home club. Otherwise, contact our member services department with questions about your membership. Blah blah blah. They will so, respond. So, Dave, here's what they said today. They came out today. The CEO. I think it was this morning or yesterday, and said that you must wear a mask inside every club. They are requiring right? so, that, yes. So, ba- yeah. so, so the question, I'm going to put pose this question. This is a company that absolutely did not impose it before, and now they're saying yes. Do you know why I think they're imposing it all of a sudden? So they can it's open the gyms. deep in trouble. Yes, it's because they can open they're the gyms not charging people. Jordan, yes, it's because the yes, the, that and they're just they're not having the response they wanted otherwise, and they're trying new stuff. They're trying to figure out what will work to get people in. Nobody wants to go to a gym and work out with a mask on. Are you out of your mind? Could you imagine being on an elliptical machine with a mask? Like no. I think they're hoping. I think they're hoping that the people don't even notice that they're being billed now. They're going to open the gym. Let them open their home location. Let's. Bill, yep. right? So they can bill once they open, and then they're going to start booking yeah. revenue. The, the courtesy freeze that they did, the yeah. courtesy freeze they did will be lifted, right. and then they are billing. And it's such a low membership that it's one of those kind of nuisance charges that you don't notice for a month, yep. because because by then it's already done. And then you're like, oh, but it was only $15 or whatever it is. And you're like, I, I maybe I'll go back to the gym. It, it's it's not worth it to even, oh, I have to send them a certified letter. It's not really worth it to cancel. So they'll get another six months out of that person. Right. That's whole, that's the whole, the that's every gym membership's uh, whole business model is make it difficult and a nuisance to cancel. And just bill as long as you can. Whether it's, whether it's a $15 membership or a $1,500 membership, yeah. it's, they make it difficult to cancel. The best thing about Planet Fitness is that it was so cheap. Uh, and I, I had this conversation with a former CEO of one of the top gyms who, who's a neighbor and he really understands this industry. Um, he's like, they're so cheap that people just aren't going to cancel. But the problem is now we're getting to a point where people are fine not canceling, but their gym opens up. They haven't been to the gym in five months. They know they're not going to the gym in the next six months. And then they're like, no way am I paying 35 bucks or 49 but whatever. They don't care. Like, ain't happening. No way is this happening. 
Um, and then they try to strong arm you by saying you got to come into the gym. Now you're going to start a social media revolt, okay? Yeah, yeah. Planet Fit Fitness has flown under the radar because no one ever canceled. No one ever cared about canceling. They're about to have a little mini social media revolt. It's going to be. Are they going to get canceled? Trend on Twitter. Okay. Why? Are they going to get canceled? They might get canceled. They might. They might get canceled as a gym. And by the way, by the time the investors figure this out, it's going to be too late. Now there is there is a long there's a long thesis on Planet Fitness that I get, and this is what this gym guy explained to me. Planet Fitness because they're the strong operator in the group that will likely survive once we come out of this can pick up a lot of new locations on the cheap and they could expand really rapidly and that might accelerate their growth post pandemic yeah and i get that but i don't know when that is yet and i feel like the next 60 90 days could be pretty torturous for them so I'm i, I would yeah, i wouldn't be kind of, investing in a company based on the future ability to get real estate for cheap for you know, big that just like the future of retail foot, you know, foot traffic to me is something to stay away from. A classic membership totally. at our yeah. local home, uh, off you know, the, the one closest to our house. I just looked, it's ten dollars a month. You're not, you're not going to bother canceling it, but you might get, you might get hooked into a, uh, a social media uprising and realize, well, wait a minute, ten dollars a month, it is open. I haven't been in six months. That's sixty dollars. I want my money back. Yep. Yep. Totally. Oh, so that's it. That's all I got going on, guys. Um, listen. It, by the way, that Planet Fitness low conviction because it's so widely telegraphed. Everyone's doing. You know, everyone's trading the same thing. I think that they are going to hype this earnings call and they're going to do everything they can to hide what's happening and put a positive spin on it. And they're going to say, oh, the gyms that have reopened them, fine. But they've only opened a few of them in areas, right, where people don't care that much. So I just my gut still tells me I'm hoping investors see through, you know, see through the BS and they realize that this, there's more risk than reward for the next quarter going into the next quarter for Planet Fitness. And I'm hoping we get a little drop in the stocks. That's, that's why I'm shorting them going into tomorrow. I'm uh, I'm basically, I'm clicking around the map to see what locations right around here. All of the ones around here are open with masks required. Um, are they here? With masks required, except when actively working out, it says on their website. Yeah. I think the opening is a pretty new thing around here. Like they just recently started opening up these, all these, and that's why everyone's starting to get charged now. And it looks like each one has different rules. This this one uh, says that masks must be worn at all times, right? But then this one right over here says that masks uh, must be worn except when actively working out. So that's kind of odd. Oh, uh, I don't know. But anyway, I don't know. I I'm not, I'm not going right, to play that guys. one. Oh, I just got this is so great. I just got my wire. For our old company, we sold Fix Repair. This is the last check we're getting as part of the, you know, when you sell a company, you usually get a big chunk of money, but then you get a smaller chunk of money a year later or two years later once they realize that the accounting wasn't fraudulent and all that stuff, which it wasn't, thank goodness. Uh, so thank you, uh, Evan, Evan and Brandon. <laughs> yeah, they, thank you guys and Brandon. Uh, if you haven't watched our Fix Repair, I rewatched that episode this week, Dave. Yeah, and that is still, I think, my favorite episode of Dumb Money on the old channel. Like my number one favorite. If you go to Dumb Money YouTube.com forward slash Dumb Money, 
there's an episode where we sold the company and we're all it's like our it's our pick of us laying in front of the little fix repair car. Yeah. It is the coolest thing because we had cameras with us live taping our experience as we found out that this our biggest investment we've ever made was selling to Angie's list and we had a dispute with the founders and it got really ugly and we kind of met with one of the founders um, Brandon and kind of worked out our issues and ended on a really big high note. We met with the company. It's just a fun episode. If you want to see a day in the life of people that just found out their company's getting sold and big financial win, big, big, big win for the company. It was, it was a fun one, man. I highly recommend watching that episode on Dumb Money. I'm uh, posting the link in the uh, chat for anyone who wants to watch it. It's a good one. Nice. Half, half of the episode is Jordan messing around with his microphone, apparently. I forgot about that. <laughs> you say all this stuff so I can go get lunch. Um, all the stuff, everybody. All the stuff. You know what to do. You, oh. you, you like the button. You hit the, you hit the smash. You subscribe if you aren't already. If you're not subscribed by now, if you're one of the, uh, how many? We have 600, 582 people still with us because we started to sound like we're wrapping up. It starts to drop off. If you're still with us and you're not subscribed and you haven't rung the bell, you're you're not living, right? You got to you got to do those things because you never know when we're going to be on. That like button. It's a Tuesday. You Sometimes we're on Thursday's on Tuesday. What are we doing on Thursday? We're doing something really good. It's, a, it's another Oh, it's a awesome uh, no, Tesla we're we're talking episode, about right? Tesla and what is going to actually happen when Tesla hits the S&P 500. And I've uh, been working on I don't think I've quite finished the uh, thumbnail, but this is what I'm working on. That's Elon. That's him pointing to I the S&P. I cannot wait. It's, it's going to be... Can you ever really get enough Tesla? I mean, but th this is a big trade. Not the when you have... S&P 500 trade is big. You have Tesla, basically... Jordan was the original Tesla fanboy, and now he's out, and we have both nope. flip-flopped on our positions, and I couldn't be more into uh -oh. Tesla. I even want a Cybertruck at this point. I'm a, I'm a pseudo-fan. I'm almost like a half-fanboy, Dave. Yes. Like... It, dude, this episode is going to be pretty pretty cool on Thursday. Um, I might, you know what I want to do? Can we try to pull in? There's a guy from the Discord channel who's like a te Tesla expert that we were informed about, who people are saying should have been on our last episode. Maybe we can pull that person in uh, as like guest on this week's Tesla episode. That'd be pretty. Let's we try should. to find out who that person is and maybe invite them as a guest. We'll get in the Discord. Let us let us know if you know someone who would be willing to do that, who actually is an expert, because I think that the like person who was talking in the Discord wasn't one of our viewers. It's one of our viewers saying you should have gotten this dude. Like yeah, maybe another YouTuber. YouTube guy. Yeah. There's that well, one YouTuber who okay. has a hundred YouTube videos about Tesla. I would like to have him on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll Subscribe, see if we can collab like, by Thursday. Share. We're also on uh, a podcast. If you are into that sort of thing, we're also, um, you know, just, on Discord, uh, YouTube, uh, go to, uh, what is it, dumbmoney.tv slash Discord to join the community there. Comment if you're watching the replay. Nobody who's watching the replay is watching this end part. We know that if you're watching the replay, you've already fast-forwarded, you've already skipped to the next thing. So I'm not even talking to you people. I'm talking to all, look, we saw 558. When we start wrapping up, that's that's the sign that it's going to uh, end. And we still have people. Love you guys. Thank Love you guys, guys so much for yeah, watching. Thursday, Tesla, the S&P 500. It's going to be an episode you can't miss. We'll see you then. <laughs>